Hey, y'all, I'm going to take a second to give a quick shout out to the official mortgage lender of the Hunt Lift Deep podcast. That's Casey Burns of Prime Lending Mortgage. I've known Casey for 10 years and he's the only lender I use. I've used Casey to purchase two houses and the process has been seamless and easy each time. He's the heart of an educator and he truly cares about what's best for his clients. He specializes in VA loans, but can handle FHA, conventional investment loans as well. He's a true expert and specialist in his field and there's no one I recommend more than Casey. You can contact Casey at casey.burns at primelending.com. Reach him by phone at 919-710-1864. You can also check out all his reviews at www.closewithkc.com. Thanks, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast brought to you by Hunt, Lift, Eat Official. I'm Carter McKenzie, and I am in Montana. I'm in the great state of Montana tonight. And uh, with a couple of good dudes here, and we're going to go uh, around the circle here. Dealer to the left. Everybody uh, introduce yourself here, and we're going to talk about why we're here. Well, hey, I guess I'm to the left here. So, uh, Cole Reed, um, obviously here in Montana with Carter and a couple other folks, and uh, getting after some mule deer. My name's Tim Marsh. Been with uh, been hunting with Carter for a few years. <laughs> Ever since about college, um, came up from Jackson for this hunt, and it's been great. You just like take it off and like move it to his head you if you want. Might be noisy. Yeah, no, be all right. Okay. Uh, this is John. Um, been on the podcast a couple times. I feel like at this point I can just call myself Canadian John. That'll Canadian be John, that's fair. Canadian John, yeah, that's that'll fair. Um, been hunting with Carter for uh, many years now. Been. Uh, hooked up with the HLE crew for about two years now. Um, and, uh, this was our second trip as a group. Last year we did Wyoming this year we did Montana and, uh, yeah, looking forward to a great discussion. Thank you. My name is Tyler. I'm the <laughs> resident of Montana. I was so beautifully given the opportunity to meet these fellows in, in real time. Um, had a good time this week. We still got one more early hunt tomorrow. And uh, we'll hopefully be tagged out. Yeah, it's been a hell of a week, man. It's been tough. It's been a fucking week. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> ups and you ups said and downs. you said you wanted the Montana experience. Well, you got the Antarctic experience. I'm sorry. We <laughs> wanted the Montana experience for sure. Yeah, yeah. So for listeners, just for context for everybody, we're here in Montana in November. I don't even know what the date is today. I think today's nineteenth. Nineteenth, November nineteenth. Uh, it's cold as hell, and we all have some deer tags here, and we're trying to fill deer tags yeah. here in Montana this past week. This is day four, right? Yeah, it feels like yeah, day, day four. Day yeah. four, dude. Yeah. We've been here for eight years. I'm pretty dude. sure. Oh, it's like another lifetime. Yeah, we are yeah, slower, but fuck, it's tough out here. It's yeah. a tough time to be in Montana. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're north of Santa Claus right now, dude. It is a tough time to be in Montana. Tell this is not normal. This is not bad. Right? This is not bad. <laughs> not bad. So <laughs> it's supposed to be like 40 degrees next yeah, week. Yeah, so we've had like a pretty – so last this past year, we've had a really nice fall that moved into wintertime. So our, our winter started, I would say, normal time, but compared to last year, started really late. We had these temperatures um, like mid-October last year, if not worse, like more snow, windier, nastier. Like it's just – hunting last year was good, but it was also really tough. It was these conditions. So, it was this cold. If not colder. Yeah. Holy what? Shit, dude. This yeah. is a different ball game. It's a different yeah, right. type of cold. A dude yeah. from Georgia. Did that contribute to the winter kill? Um, as far as like the mule deer? Because I remember on? hearing it was a uniquely bad year. 
Yeah, I'm not 100% sure what's going on with the mule deer. So, and I don't even know if the biologists have come out and said that like it's a down year, but, um, you know, we did see a handful, I would say more than, definitely more than a handful of, of muleys opening morning of our hunt. But, um, you know, as the week progressed, we didn't see as many mule deer as I suspected we would see. You know, there was spots that we hunted last year that were pretty close to that area. We were, I mean, it was like every ridge you're popping over, you're like, oh, there's a small four-point wool pass where there's a three-point wool pass. And you you actually have the opportunity and like more chances to be like, no, I'll wait for that bigger one over the next ridge because it mm. did seem like every single gully drainage ridge, it was just like, oh, there's another pot of like 25. And so this year it's just been really weird um, as you guys can attest to, it's like, yeah, you'll see one and you're like, okay, it's a mule deer. It's not by itself, but it is. And yeah. you're like, what is mm -hmm. going on? So yeah. I don't know if it's more like the, I don't know if it's just a disease or the winter kill last year or what's going on with it, but it's been tough. It's yeah, it has been tough. tough. It's felt more of like a opportunity type of hunt more than let's pick through yeah. the options here and set up in glass and like see what's going on and. You know, if you set up on those, like, obviously I'm new to this, but like in theory, in theory, the rut, you know, it's, it's the, it's the week before like the prime rut, right? But we've seen bucks, you know, with their noses down, pushing around. And I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we saw giants today chasing does like, sure did nose, nose up, uh, does butt and the like biggest mule deer I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Which is like. 50 bucks but like he <laughs> <laughs> was huge still biggest one you jason yeah um but again you know you got to play that game here in montana it's like private land public land yeah. so and that's pretty that's a given you yeah. know you you drive by farmlands that are owned by people who are just like either anti-hunting or had a bad situation with hunters and they're like no more well these animals are not dumb and they get on these private pieces and they go, oh, we're not getting shot at by a bunch yeah. of yeah. glow Well, that's the running, the running joke, right? Yeah. Is that the, these animals know where they're at, which I think by and large, like, there's some truth to that, right? Like, they're adapting. Yeah. I mean, for it, sure. Even, even like you guys saw, like, we got to hunt the week and you saw minimal hunters out during the week. Mm -hmm. Today, there were a lot of Everybody and their cousins Saturday. are out there. Yeah. A lot of trucks around, on the side of the road. Trucks, glass yeah. in. So, you know, these deer, they do they do their best to obviously survive. They don't want to be shot. But again, That's you know, fair. you've got a million people out there hunting yeah. the same exact area as you are. And the deer are in there, but they're just so good at this time of year of hiding that you could sit and glass a sage bluff for hours. And yeah. then you move 10 feet to the right, and you're like, dude, they've been fucking there all day. Right. They're just chilling. So, Yeah. That's the surprising thing about this landscape here is there's so much contour there's so much to it like mm -hmm. uh, you know you, you get up on a ridge and you look at it as face value and it's like oh like i can see everything yeah you can't not even a little bit well it's like you see these big drainages and you're like oh, okay they got to be in there <coughs> but then off those are like little tiny fingers yeah mm -hmm. and like they could be just down that finger you can't right. see and that's what i was telling you guys really like if i hunted this place by myself the my curiosity, curiosity would kill yeah. me like yeah. i would just yeah. be doing 40 mile days well we experienced like, that today yeah with yeah. that that doe we were spotting yeah, sheep disappeared into these fingers. I could have sworn this was a flat, flat, linear landscape, and she disappeared. Oh yeah, multiple and times. Never saw her again. Never saw her again. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. That one that Savannah and I saw today, like bumped her out from underneath us, stood broadside at 240 a doe, and then she took like two bounds behind like a sa a, a decent size like sagebrush, 
and the whole other hillside is just open. Never saw her again. Gone. I'm like, dude, where did she go? Yeah, they teleport. It's insane. Yeah. How can you not be romantic about hunting? I know, it's right? Fun, right? <laughs> but it's fun. It's like it's like that type of landscape. You just you have that eagerness to be like, ah, just one more, just For one sure. more. Let me just get For to that sure. next one, you know. And then yeah, that's usually when you you become successful because you go just that next ridge, just a little bit harder, push a little yeah. bit further than anybody else would, and just happens that like a doe or a buck or whatever you're looking for is just like, ah, everybody was going three miles out. If you went three point five, like there's a pot of them. So. That's the fun part about hunting Eastern yeah. Montana. I think that instinct is is an interesting one. I've talked to you about this before, Carl. Yeah. All of the success that I've had, whether it's hunting or fishing, it's always been listening to that voice in the back of my head that says, like, what's over there? Next hole. Just and and it hole. usually happens when I'm exhausted. One more cast. Or it's like, <laughs> yeah, one more cast. Or it's the end of the day, and I'm like, let's hit that one spot. Yeah. And, like, push a little further. And then you see something cool. Yeah. I love that. Also, what we were talking about earlier, like mule deer are so unpatternable. Dude, right place, right time. That's so like you might as well go. Yeah, if they're not there, you might as well. Right. Yeah, it's uh, mule deer hunting. Like you can't pattern them like whitetails. I don't know who's listening to this from like all over the world or the country, or whatever. But like mule deer are not. You can't sit in a tree stand and be like, okay, seven thirty, they're gonna hit the food plot or yeah. they're gonna go to their bedding areas. Like. Mm-hmm. They they do have where they eat. They do have where they sleep, but you're not. You have no idea which direction they're gonna go. Yeah. I mean, you guys saw that today. Like the deer coming off, going onto the ag fields. They hung out there, and then like they take off to another side. And it's just. Yeah, I think I fell into that trap today, being like, "Oh, deer have five feeding times. Like they're gonna be here Mm -hmm. in the morning. They're gonna be here in the evening. They're gonna come and feed at midday." But they're not whitetail. No. That's not how it works. No, they clearly. Just, no, and they just come down like they will move in the mornings and they will move late evenings. That's yeah. usually like the colder times, so they're gonna move. Um, but again, you can pattern them, and it's right place, right time. Yeah. One more ridge. I, my 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 like. Every time I look at a spot when I'm going to hunt, it's like, fuck, I don't want to go up there. Yeah. But then that mindset is like everybody's thinking that so then yeah. i'm like fuck i have to go i have up there. to yeah. and then you get up there and then sometimes you get up there and you're like yeah that's why nobody's up here because there's fucking nothing up here or yeah. you're like holy shit there's a a bowl or a, a big buck bedded yeah like wow yeah we're gonna break down our week but tim drug me up some fucking <laughs> biz, like uh, just miserable hill <laughs> and i felt like i was gonna be blown off like a paper airplane and just disappear into saskatchewan Oh, those winds are no joke, though. Those winds were no joke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I'd check them out, though. Same thing. You just want to go yeah. go a little further, go a little deeper than anybody else would be, especially when it's a public land tag and you see another truck on the side of the road. It's, all right, I got to go further than this guy does. Yeah, and for the record, we're talking uh, everybody should go hunt in uh, Arizona and, and Colorado. Don't come to Montana. Go hunt Chicago. Yeah, go hunt. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're actually... We're, in, we're podcasting from San Diego. San right Diego, now. Yeah. yeah. We're in Peru. Yeah. So. <laughs> we're somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. This is also my first in-person podcast I've ever done. This is my first in-person podcast. And you've been on a bunch. I've been on a bunch with you guys, yeah, for sure. Yeah. First one. That's pretty cool. It's way, I, it's, this is way better. It's it like is way better. Conversation. Dude, there's a case of bush light in the middle of four <laughs> dudes sitting around in a spare bedroom in an unnamed town in Montana. <laughs> 
we're running an audio system on top of uh, the igloo cooler. The here. igloo cooler. <laughs> yeah. We'll so send, you, we'll send you... Luke a picture of this. <laughs> and we've been hunting all week. Now we get to freaking break it all down. So let's jump into it. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk gear. Let's talk logistics. Let's set the stage, set the scene here. So, Tim, why don't you kick it off? Because you were fortunate enough to be within driving distance, and brought a lot of gear that made us a lot more comfortable in a week that sucked. Yep. So I live in time. Jackson, Wyoming now. Um, lived in Atlanta, Georgia, basically growing up. Like I said at the very beginning, I went to college with Carter and that's what got me into hunting moved out to Jackson a couple years ago Jackson's about an eight hour drive from where we currently are um and yeah it was just from our hunt last year I had a lot of the gear that we needed had the Taj Mahal tents <laughs> and it was the Walmart special right there. <laughs> <laughs> was able to leave work early on a Tuesday morning and uh was able to buzz up here and meet these guys as soon as they got off the plane. So yeah, and we knew we well. were we knew we were walking into some bizarre weather, some spicy very, weather, very a little spicy. Yeah, yeah. We knew lows were going to be in the negatives, and we knew highs were going to be in the single digits. And that's a first for me. <clears throat> that's a first for me. I feel like this is the so this is the first instance of really cold weather for Montana. So it's, it always sucks. The first time, you know, you, we just, a couple weeks ago, you're running in the 30s and 40s, and you're like, eh, sweatshirt weather, maybe a small jacket. Yeah. Man, that negatives, it bites you, and you're like, oof, I don't like that. Negatives bites, especially when you're camping mm-hmm. and sleeping yeah. on the ground. It's, it's <laughs> unavoidable. You guys are just ripping buddy eaters all night. Dude, we were just, yeah, we were just, dude, our buddy eater was just chiefing down some Coleman yeah. propane, just chiefing it down. Two, two propanes a night to keep that thing going. And yeah, Tim it, would have it, to wake up at 1 a.m. to it could have used swap three. Them out. We had to, could've, I siphoned it because Carter was like, oh, we only need four. A buddy I it was heater, more efficient. A buddy heater on high will burn through one of the green Coleman propane tanks in. Three hours. Yeah. And, and it sure did. At 4 a.m., we're out, and it's zero degrees inside the tent. Everything is freezing. Anything that's wet is cold. All the gear is stuck together. It was... You You had that glove that was frozen solid, and you were yeah. prying the fingers <laughs> apart. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I don't know what we... I think we were just sitting down to glass, and, and I went from, like, a, a light set of gloves while we were hiking in, and, you know, we start sitting, so I'm pulling out heavy-duty gloves... And I'm pulling them out of my pack, and they are, the fingers are frozen together, and you're trying to open them up, and you can just hear all the ice breaking on it. thought I was going to rip my gloves apart, um, but yeah, it's it's been getting pretty chilly. Anything that was wet is frozen. Anything that was just in your pack and you left it outside, it's it's frozen. Uh, and there's no way to thaw it out. There's no, no way to thaw it out. There is no way. Boots in the morning was a bummer. Yeah. Oh, every day, yeah. that was a bummer. That's a new dynamic for me. Yeah. You can't Those, lace your boots up. No, they're froze. Yeah, they're frozen, and yeah. they they were like ice blocks trying to put them on. Oh, yeah, Dude, and the worst part is, is that they're icy, and you put yeah. your feet in them. You're like, now my feet are gonna be cold all forever, day. forever, yeah. and they're wet. Yeah, and then they're not gonna get any better because we're trudging through snow. Yep, seventy mile an hour winds. And so, honestly, the waking up first thing I would do is go turn on the truck because yep. I, I know my toes are just gonna want to heat up just that little bit while we're getting ready. Yep, but that's the Montana experience, right, boys? Go to bed cold, oh, wake up cold, hunt stay cold, cold. stay cold. <laughs> dude, taking dumps in negative degree weather <laughs> oh. in the woods, 
Let's That's talk about the Montana this. experience. My goodness. Know. Well, I live here, and you can have that. <laughs> Ma'am. I'm not. Yeah, Especially, I get out of my terrible TP tent. Thanks, Pat and Andrea, for letting me borrow it. But I, I, I think I'm too stupid to figure out how it works. But I get out, and it's like dark, blizzarding sideways. And I just see like this little headlamp coming up from the woods. And I was like, no way he just shit yeah. out there. He's literally in a freaking snowstorm. Yeah. <laughs> And then using a wet wipe, and if uh, you don't you don't get your drawers up too fast, you know your cheeks might be a little froze we together. Couldn't, we couldn't use them; they were froze together. Our wet wipes froze. Yeah, <clears throat> I, yeah. Stu- I stuck them on the dash. And you tried to run a stove system in your teepee. Yeah, um, and I'm you know I talk like I'm. I think it's more user error. Sure. I would say it was the first time that stove and 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 stove pipe had been set up, and now looking back and reading about it, they were like. Hey, set it up beforehand. Well, you it's not that's not it. the scenario to like no. figure it out. No, right. you should not figure it out <clears throat> at eleven o'clock at night when it's four degrees out, yeah. snowing sideways, and yeah. you're just like aggravated, tired, and you're like the, yeah. the little tutorials on YouTube are like seventy-five degrees in some beautiful place. I'm like, that's not what's happening right now. Get this thing out. Because I, I thought the whole idea of that stove was to be pretty portable. Yeah. compatible it is. you know and, and backpack it in so it's like it should be a pretty simple setup i think and again i think it goes back to if you would have set it up prior to that and kind of gotten everything like the biggest thing was the flu mm-hmm. like trying to watch a youtube video in the storm being like how are they setting this thing up because it just comes in a big titanium flat sheet yeah and i'm like okay yeah. i want to roll this up but then you go to roll it up, and it's like it's some corner to corner roll, and then you got to put a ring. It was just not fun to do. And then you were like, "I think we got it." You put it in there, and I lit the fire, and then we had a hoo hot inside of the fire. Like it was just like Zach and I almost died of like smoke inhalation. It was yeah, just, you could be warm or yeah. die of smoke inhalation. Dude, and at they, that point, I was just like, "Get me out of here!" Like yeah. I'll I'll take yeah. one for the team and just die. Didn't it. they say to put like a smoke detector in your tent <laughs> like or carbon some monoxide. Carbon, yeah. Monoxide. Yeah. carbon monoxide? Dude, it's yeah. And I think if it was if I was probably shown how to use it and roll it. It may have gone better, but again, you know, they're not made to, they're not wall tent stoves. So I had a bad expectation of like, oh, this stove's going to be sick. We're just going to be rocking toasty all night. And like, you can't put big logs in there. So it's like little tiny kindling all night. And I was just like, fuck it, two sleeping bags it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to harp on it too much, but uh, it was cold, man. It was cold. It's cold. I don't want to overly complain, but. That was a new for me. I, I but we're going to complain. Yeah. Box I mean, checked. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, but I will say that opening morning of our hunt, it wasn't that bad. Like the temperatures weren't, it was windy. We had blue skies though. I mean, you. Blue I skies. Gotta, it yeah. was arguably one of the better days of the entire hunt. It was snowing, yeah. but it wasn't like visibility ruining snow. Yeah. Um, I watched you take off your under. Oh, yeah, Carter got (laughs) butt naked. Yeah. Well, so here's my thought process, right? As a dude from Georgia, I'd never been to Montana before and never hunted in zero-degree weather. I wore long johns under my pants, my hunting pants. And we pull up to where we're hunting on on the first day. I guess we'll just jump into this. And Tyler's like, all right, let's go. And we jump out, and then he's like, all right. This is vertical. And I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, all right, we're going up here. And he yeah. takes off like a damn mountain goat and scampers up this, this side hill. And I'm like eating shit. Like 
I'm not good at I, I, I have no experience hiking in the snow. And the deadfall in that area was wild. It's a real challenge. And it was hidden yeah, by yeah. probably four to six inches of snow. A fluffy yeah, snow. It's, I yeah. mean, very it, fluffy. If you so look you, back, it's very dangerous. Yeah, you can't oh, see yeah. what's under it because if, yeah. if, you, if you side hill on a branch or a log you or whatever, you, you slip I said on down. day one, if, you know, if we all make it through this without rolling an ankle, yeah. it'll be a miracle. And that's why you buy tall boots. Yeah, cinch yep. them up protection. real quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I run hot anyways, mm-hmm. and so I was sweating As soon as you instantly. start moving. Yeah. yeah, and you know, Luke, shout out to Luke, best advice I've ever gotten. He's like, start cold as fuck. Start when cold. you get out of the truck, yeah. start cold. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, you learn that yeah. doing any yeah. kind of activity, and I did. whether it's skiing. Yeah. You got to start cold, and yeah. layering systems are your friend. But it was so cold, I thought I needed those long johns, and I didn't. Yeah. And I hunted in just a pair of pants the entire rest of the trip. Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, through blizzards and negative six degree weather and all of it. If you're moving, like if, if you're moving, if you're, I mean, if you're gonna sit in glass all day, bring layers, bring yeah. bring the gear. But yeah. again, like when I when I when I'm driving to a spot, like early in the mornings, I don't have any of my. I really have like my, my like a t-shirt or a long shirt or a long sleeve, my pants on. Like I don't put my jackets on. I don't put anything on because I don't want my body to like acclimate to having that much of like a, a heat buffer. Yeah. So then when I get out, I'm like, okay, it kind of gets back to normal when you have that. But again, if you're hiking up the terrain we were hiking, you're going to get hot. No yeah. matter if you're out there shirtless or puffy, all kinds of gear on. It's 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 no weak-minded, weak-hearted hike. Yeah, it was it was real hiking and I was I was sweating. Yeah. But we were on deer instantly. Instantly. Yeah. I mean, the first spot we rolled up to, it was like right on the line of private. And I looked up on the maps and I looked at it like, yep, this meadow's in public. And Tim and John had doe tags. Yep. yep. I was like, well, let's, let's go, do it. Let's go kill some deer. Yeah. And then it didn't work out there. Well, the cool thing about that situation was like, you guys got to see like, what was it? Like 10 deer or like maybe yeah. seven deer? Right off the and bat. A, right off the bat. It's like, yeah. And a forky in there. 10 doe and a forky. Yeah. And then there was a and coyote, coyote hanging out. a little coyote out drama. Out that was bizarre. Never seen that before. Yeah. He, he was, was like hanging out with the No, group. he was like part of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was like Bambi. Like we. It's like part of the family. Like, <laughs> just we ended up not getting, you know, a shot at those. And then we kind of watched these deer walk away. And then my buddy Zach's just like, dude, there's a coyote with them. I'm like, what? <laughs> You're blind. There's no coyote. With he was deer. sitting in the middle of them like a domestic <laughs> dog. Mm-hmm. He just walking up as yeah. soon as you're like jump over the ridge. And I'm like, oh, that's never seen that before. But it's Montana. Anything can happen. And then we <laughs> saw that group a minute, a couple minutes later, and the coyote was just bounding, bounding after them. Yeah, yeah, chasing after his friends. So then we get to the top of the ridge, and we spot like, I mean, on the way up, I think we'd seen maybe a couple more pods of like twos and threes. And we saw a lot of deer very quickly. Yeah. And whitetail, muleys. Yep. Yeah, we did see some whitetails down on the bottom. Down on the right. bottoms. Yep. And then uh, we get up top, and like the day, the first the first day, we were really adamant about, like, let's knock out these doe tags, because I was very confident, like, we're going to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, we had seen, what, 12, 13, maybe more than that, like, within the first, the first half hour. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, cool, let's do that. So my expectation was get those doe tags out of the way that way these guys will be so graciously just pack mules for the rest of the <laughs> rest of the trip because yeah. i figured you know 
if the weather kind of stayed that way, we were going to get into some like really cool terrain and some pockets that people had never hit before or yeah. hit that year. And I was like, that's where the big toad is just going to be sitting there slopping around. So, but it didn't happen that way. Um, but we got up to the top, seen some does and then Tim and John ran into a doe at five feet over the ridge. That was cool. That was cool. That was when Carter was taking his clothes off. That was. Dude, I had to get fully naked. <laughs> Dude, the that's peak. why I left. Yeah. <laughs> fully naked. Boots off. Yeah. The Socks full off, business. Fucking everything, dude. It was yeah. terrible. Asking for a shoulder to lean on over here. And I was like, Tyler's like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, dude, I'm sweating. I'm, I'm about to have a heart attack. I'm sweating. Dude, that's when we coined the phrase Long John Soup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> dude, yeah. I was in Long John Soup for sure. It was terrible. That was funny. That was the best decision of my trip, taking those long johns off. And you were thinking about it for a second. You're like, is this worth it? Because it was so cold to get fully naked and just take the stuff off. It was worth it. It was worth it. Yeah, because the worst thing is you're like, is it worth it? Yeah, it is. You take it off, and like an hour later, you're glassing. You're like, fuck, is it worth it to put them back on right now? So you Mm -hmm. play that game. But yeah. But my rule of thumb is just like, if you're glassing for a while and you start to get cold, move. You right. Know, just just move to the next finger right. over. Get you know, get your body moving. Yeah. Do get something. Your, get your blood pumping. Yeah. And then uh sit again. And that's kinda like how I just pick my spots. I'm like, hey, I'm getting kinda cold. My feet are starting to get a little cold and numb. Let me just move to the next right. drainage over and by that time I'm like I'm good to go. Yeah. And then we you know, we got up there, we did a big walkabout and then So I'd ask I'd asked you this before. How do you pick, like, how long you sit in a particular spot? So you are glassing. You have some good country out in front of you. How do you decide, okay, now I need to move to the next? I've seen kind of everything there is to see here. How do I decide, okay, I've, I've seen everything I need to see here. Let's move on to the next spot. Let's Let's move. Let's go somewhere else. How do you decide when it's time to leave or, hey, do I want to, like stay here longer and glass even more. You know, I, I don't necessarily think there's a time frame that you're like, oh, I should only sit here 15 minutes and bump. I think if you, it's all terrain dependent. So if you're glassing a spot, like you guys witnessed Sage this weekend that was taller than you. Like, I mean, if you walk through it, you guys six feet tall, you walk into it, you disappear. So you got to think a doe or a buck is walking through that less visible. Um, I go off of just like kind of, I mean, this is kind of silly, but what I'm seeing, if I'm, if I'm like, if I'm really good at being disciplined and, and glass and like every single portion, I do like a grid sort of deal. I'll do like top left and just go like back and forth probably like six, seven times and just slowly pick it apart. If I'm there for like an hour and I'm not seeing anything and I know there's more of the same terrain, like the next ridge over, I'll bump over. There okay. are days like if it's a different type of, you know, if it's, if it's like elk hunting, you sit on a ridge line all day. You start a little fire. You, you sit there all day and just glass because, like, these elk will just move back and forth. And it's tough to say or put a timeline on that. I usually go off, like, I feel confident that I look through this very individual spots and then just, like, really picked it apart. Um, and then just if I feel like I'm confident enough, like, yeah, nothing's here. And move to the next one. I've been bitten by that multiple times. 
where I'm like, oh, dude, there's not a deer in sight. And then you move 10 feet, and there's Spook next, next thing you know, they stand up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, where? There's where? so much ambiguity to like this type of hunting. It's frustrating for me personally. I got frustrated a lot this trip because I like a plan. I like having a set. Yeah. Like, this is what we're going to do. Like, maybe it's the pattern ability of whitetails or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just not the case. You can't like bend it to your will or like plan around it. You have to be adaptable constantly. And sometimes you make the wrong call, which like, you know, you're on the wrong ridge. Yeah. Like tonight, if we were on the other ridge, a deer would have been in our lap, right? It's just like how it goes. That's kind of just how it is. And like, again, I think the outdoors in general is, yes, you have the knowledge of like the species you're hunting. Like, you know, like with whitetails, oh, you can powder them. They do this, blah, blah, blah. Or, or elk, you're like, oh, I know they're going to be in the timber this time of day. But I think it's all about right place, right time. And you're not going to be in the right place, right time unless you're out there just doing it. Yeah. And so you have to just, again, be disciplined and just sit there. Like there's times when you're glassing and you're like, dude, I really like spring bear a lot. I'm just like, I really don't want to be out here right now. This is so boring. Yeah. Because glassing is boring, especially with your I think, by yeah. yourself. John and I get antsy glassing as well. <laughs> oh, I'm the worst at it. And yeah. it's like, let's go. Right? Yeah. When we pr- should probably like shut up and set our asses down. But again, y- I mean, or you could go and it's the best decision you ever make. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it all, de- like, again, it all depends on terrain. Like if you've got a huge piece of public land where you're like thousands of acres, I'm not talking like 1000 acre. I'm talking like, well, like 60,000 where we acres. were day one. Yeah. Day one. I mean, you've got hundreds of miles of just yeah. terrain that you like, as a like 400,000 acres dude it's yeah. insane and, and then, again you get to the top of one ridge and you're like i gotta get over that one and then you get yeah. onto that one and you're like you look out and it's miles of just visibility i mean we didn't have that but you can see forever and you're like oh dude and you, you look on the map and you're like there's no roads back there so like, yeah. people who are either tough enough to get back there or as dumb enough as we are to get yeah. back there are the only ones you're going to go. Yeah. And so you just like, the further you go back, the least amount of pressure. Yeah. So my, my restlessness, that like inherent restlessness that I feel is I think why I'm drawn to Western hunting so much. Growing up in uh, Ontario, in Canada, where I did, such, such thick forest, such thick timber. Um, you know, we, we hunt, we hunt blinds, we hunt tree stands, we hunt over baits um, because it's the only way you can effectively hunt in that country. Um, now that is, it's a, it's an active form of hunting in so much as you have to put in a lot of time and effort to pattern that deer, to set up your spot, to, to have your feed plot. But for me, it feels passive cause you're waiting for something to happen. Whereas Western hunting for, especially for, you know, young folks who are willing to push that you can just, you know, you can increase your odds by just laying down boot leather. And I love that. Right. Like, even if I'm just tricking myself, there's a chance that I'm you know, working on my own bias here, but like that feels proactive as opposed to passive. Yeah, it for sure can be. Um, I like to do, I like to be more active. I'm, I'm like you, I'm like, yeah. I, I got to just see more country, but again, you got to do it like in an educated way. Right. If you're looking at the map and you're like, <clears throat> Oh, there's just open sage. I'm not going to go trudging through 700 acres of open sage when I got, 
nice glass and I can sit on top yeah. of a ridgeline and, and really pick it apart. I don't want to go down there unless I have to, or at least I have a good reason to. Yeah. Oh yeah. I own that. But we, timber, we ran into that this week where it was like 20 minutes on a spot and you and I got up to leave. And the other pair we were hunting with, Tim and Cole, were like, guys, why are you leaving? Yeah, fucking yeah. sit down. And we're like, oh, it's time. They're like, it's not even close to time. Yeah. Like, sit back down. Yeah. And we're like. I was like, ah, there's nothing down here. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was this entire canyon. I, I think it was like 15 minutes, and then Carter, like, starts waving us over. And Cole and I think it's an emergency. Like, Robin's having the baby. Like, <laughs> And he's like, come on, let's go. And I'm like, oh, Cole, come on. We got to pack. Like, we got to get out of here. It's, it's time to go. And we walk over. I'm like, what's up? What's going on? He's like. I didn't see anything. It's like we're looking at ten thousand acres of country. There's, n- I was like, did you look at every single bush? Have you seen every single ridge? There's no way. And so my style of hunting, and unfortunately, Carter was a little exposed to this, is I try and find the tallest ridge there is and go sit on it. Right. Because um, you can't. I don't believe you can find it. You have to see them first before you can shoot them, and you need to get up high and see what country you have. And these guys were like, come on, let's go. Like, let's go to the next ridge line. I'm like, it's been 15 minutes. Sit back down. Like, I was also really very intelligent. Cold. I just want to bushwhack. <laughs> like, go, I told him, I was like, go sit back down. Like, we're not done glassing the spot yet. Yeah. And then I think like 10 minutes, they're like, we're done. On to the next one. Well, one thing I will say, not to pump his tires, uh, one guy sitting to my left that, um, I think sort of um, splits the difference between those two things. The best that I've hunted with has been Tyler. Yeah. Like the athleticism pushing, you know, he's going to, you know, he's, he's pushing country, um, but like he knows when to sit and, and to be methodical um, and striking that balance. Like that duality is a tough one, it's, but I think that makes you successful. Yeah. It comes with, so I don't want to say it like comes with experience because when it comes to Western hunting, like I am, I would say as a, like a general uh, thought, I'm I'm pretty new to it, like five years or six years or so. But I've taken my time to like learn from people who have been doing it for 20 years. And like when I go out with friends who have been doing it since they were little kids, I'm just like watching them and soaking it up like a sponge. I'm like, what are they doing? Okay, why are we moving? Okay, why why did we sit here and glass this? Like, what are they looking at? When I'm glassing, I'm not looking for the deer standing out in the open. I'm looking for an ear. I'm looking for uh, yeah. just a, a misshapen or a miscolored part of a bush where I'm like, that bush shouldn't be gray. Oh, mm-hmm. there's a face in it. And then you're picking it apart like that. And then, you know, we were talking about it this week too with being athletic in, in these mountains and how there's really no way. I, I mean, honestly, in my own opinion, I don't think there's an actual way to train for the mountains, mm-hmm. especially for you guys coming from like sea level in an area that you don't have elevation of no eight nine thousand feet so no, stairmaster just hit the stairmaster i mean stairmaster helps immensely you think so yeah uh, i think boosting in, your in a case it's, of nothing it's better than sure. nothing yeah no, i think you should probably drink a case of bush lights <laughs> at know, least at least twice a week hop on the stairmaster with a rock my yeah. cardio i felt very good about my cardio my recovery was great the thing that whipped my ass this week was the small muscles below my knees just like that, that I didn't know existed. Yeah, I don't yeah. hike, right? Yeah. And I don't yeah. hike in snow, which fucking whipped my ass. Dude, yeah. people don't realize hiking in snow drains you. It drains yeah. you. Dude. Yeah. It's like sand. Or yeah. a shit ton of Cold downfall. Sand. All yeah. that downfall, you know, every step I took, I'd every other step slipping. 
Yeah. Or it's like you're hit, you know, you're like, why am I hiking and my hip flexors hurt? Because yeah. you've been doing high Dude, knees for yeah. the last Hips seven been, miles. Yeah. 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 We, we need a HLE yoga routine for fucking. <laughs> actually, <laughs> yeah. actually, shout out. We just dropped a mobility routine on the website. So a, go check it out. We need to do that yeah. after the podcast. We, should, we need to do that. The boys are Tonight. Ten, <laughs> ten men. Well, Maker's Mark and mobility routine <laughs> in the and, living room. And at least four ibuprofen. Yeah. And we'll all feel pretty good. But that was, I mean, that's. It's tough. There, you can't train for it unless you do it. I t- said that to Tim yesterday when we hunted that that big piece. We did that big seven mile loop or six and a half mile loop, and I was like, the only way to like be good at this is if you did it every day, like all the time. Yeah, yeah. but I don't think like I think you can get good at it, but I don't th- like again. I- I've been hunting this year alone since August fifteenth, like and hunting antelope yeah. and hunting deer and, and nonstop and whatever and just nonstop so like yeah i'm gonna be better at it than you guys because when i live at this elevation i'm used to it i know what to expect but there there aren't times when i'm just like i, I don't get to the top of that ridge and i'm like oh hell yeah i'm the i'm the best baddest motherfucker on the planet i'm right. the top, and i'm like god fucking like you're sucking wind but you recover you <laughs> yeah. get your breath quick that's yeah. good to know because you hike like a fucking mountain goat yeah, yeah. i just get like I'm glad to know you, dude. It like it's, you're not crushing. It, <laughs> <laughs> it makes I'm, us feel up. I'm glad you're a piece of shit like us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean again, it's it's like like uh, I work out regularly. I I I don't really do a lot of like high intensity cardio. If I'm doing any cardio at all, it's either hiking or walking around with the dogs or like if I'm at the gym, it's twelve incline, thirty minutes, yeah. just just getting a sweat and like kind of building that up. But like. You, I, you just got to get out there. You just got to acknowledge that yeah, this is going to suck. Mm-hmm. And you just got to be able, like, if you're getting to a point where you're going up a mountain and you're, like, really sucking wind and you're, like, can't fucking even hold your gun up to shoot, stop. Yeah. Cool down. Like, relax. Like, if you get to the top and there's a herd of elk or deer and you're so exhausted you can't even hold your rifle, like, that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. And you're making so much noise, huffing and puffing. It's that just... being said, I completely agree with everything you said. But that is the scenario that I found myself in on day one. So let's unpack that. Let's talk about your deer, you and Tim. So we, yeah, kills on the first day. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. So I'm going I'm to. You, you accomplished Tyler's goal. I did. Well, Eventually. We did. After um, hemming and hawing all afternoon so or morning. To, just to, to backpedal slightly. Um, just before we ended up um, tagging out, both Tim and I, um, I had an opportunity on a doe with Tyler. Um, we were, um, after a few hours of, of heavy hiking, um, we decided to glass this amazing spot. And we saw two or three does um, off on the other ridge, um, pretty far away. I think it was about 600 yards. From the original spot, yeah. From the original pretty, pretty spot. Far. So we tried to close the distance, Tyler and I. We split off just to have a sort of a, a two-man team. Oh, I forgot about that. That was a good stock. It, it was a good stock. That was fun. It was Was fun. it? Yeah. Dude, I just, I don't know. It, was, so it was cool watching you guys from like observation post and then yeah. watching you guys like do your thing and do your stock. Yeah. And I know like we're not seeing the same thing. Yeah. Which is like kind of cool and kind of frustrating. Well, it's frustrating too. So we first get down there, and I won't, I won't steal your shine, but I'll just be like, we first get down there, and him and I are like, it looks way different when you're 200 yards away or 240. Oh, I'm like, oh, dude, where the fuck are these things? Like, we bust them out. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm kind of like glassing back up at you guys, hoping you'd like give me a signal, like, oh, they're gone or whatever. And I'm like, they're not. They're still looking, so they must be still here. Like, we ended up did we did find them, and then yeah. Well, I mean, 
so we ended up we, we found these does and, and we were we decided to just hunt with uh tyler's rifle which is an, a pretty incredible weapon system um and you know he can confidently take shots um pretty far outside of uh my confidence range but that being said we we dialed up on this beautiful doe um but i had a head and neck shot and she was bedded she was bedded yeah the weather had started it was all snow was coming kind of went south yeah. so it was like a it would have been like a frontal shot mm-hmm. you didn't have a really good picture of her brisket where you like if you're gonna do a frontal you want to shoot it like right dead center of the chest snow started picking up the wind wind was coming yeah so no i mean that you've, you've said it all man i mean ended up uh not taking the shot which I, I think is interesting for guys that hunt to sort of unpack that feeling because like you're in the moment you've got a half a dozen guys watching you wanting you to, to be successful to be successful yeah and to get your crosshairs on an animal within shooting distance but to tell yourself i'm not comfortable taking this shot right i'm so happy you did though i think it takes a lot for a person to be like you know what I'm not comfortable with taking the shot. And then I think ultimately like you would have felt worse if you took the shot and wounded the deer. And now we're playing this goose chase of like doing the right thing and taking her out, you know, ultimately. So big props to you just being like, Hey man, I know this may sound like kind of a bummer, but like, I'm not comfortable taking that shot. And I was just like, yeah, cool. Like, yeah, no I'm problem. totally cool with that. Like, we had to hike in and I was like, shoot, I just dragged this guy with me like 30 minutes down the cliff. Yeah. Like, I'm down there like a little kid. Just like, let's go. <laughs> well, so yeah. I mean, he's like, dude, I love this. Like I, you know, I live for this. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right. But then, yeah. um, ultimately we, we, we rejoined the group. Um, we pushed to another area and, uh, that's where the Carter and Tim show kind of started so we were up on that kind of glassing knob watching these guys work and then as soon as john decided not to take the shot they start working back up and we start heading down towards them and cole off to the right is like hey there's like seven deer there and so did you spot those deer nice mm -hmm. and so cole sees them and he's like there's like seven doe Kind of just like milling about, not they're not spooked. They're just kind of hanging, hanging around, feeding, and so Carter and I go down and we're like, let's take a look at these things. Like we're here. Carter mentioned a little earlier there was some him and Han about first morning shooting a shooting a doe, filling our tags, and honestly, the very first morning I was like, I'm not going to shoot a doe on the first day just because I wanted to see country. I wanted to see like everything that this place had to offer. Which is fair, because none of us had ever been here before. Right. And after seeing just the wealth that this place has, I'm like, all right, let's, let's go shoot a deer. Once you see like your 20th doe, you're like, all right, I'm... I'm tired of just walking Fair through enough. the woods yeah. holding yeah. a rifle. They I'm, all I'm, look the yeah. same. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Punch this tag and and then help uh, these other guys out. And so we saw these deer off to our right, and we try and make a move on them. And we've <laughs> special delivery of Zins. Shout out to Zin Delivery. Shout out to Savannah. Yeah, Savannah, greatest person I've ever met. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm the greatest. She's a close second. And so. We make a plan. We see these 
is probably seven seven hundred yards off. Yeah, across the what do you do you call that a canyon? What do you call that? I would call it a canyon. Yeah. yeah. I was up on that, that far ridge and like mm-hmm. when I was watching you guys go down. It was not insignificant decline. <laughs> no. Yeah. The funniest part is that you guys get down to the bottom and I'm up top and so I'm ranging I range these deer just like it's my own little personal thing where like I'll range a deer and it's more like I'll guess. Oh, I think it's 400 something yards out. And then I'll range it and I'll be like, I wasn't even close or I was spot on. So these deer are like 460 yards away from me. And I see these guys go down in this canyon and they just disappear. And yeah. I'm like, oh shit, did somebody fall? Like they just disappear. And then out of nowhere, they're just like slowly coming yeah. up. Fucking poor yeah. bastards. It was, it was, I mean, it was tough country. It Very steep decline and then a drop off. Yeah. And it was a box canyon. And vertical going up the other side. Yeah. Vertical going up. Vertical. We're holding on to trees yeah. just to get up. <laughs> no, I was and very nervous. <laughs> so, so we get up and we're kind of in the zone where we need to be. Um, my comfort level for a shot is two to 300 yards. And I'm confident in that shot. Anything beyond, it's a little more of a crapshoot. And we're in the zone and... I'm not seeing anything, but Carter, I mean, Carter's a very good hunter and he's has a lot of years of experience. And he's like, before we make this ridge, like, let's catch our breath. Let's figure out what's going on, which is a skill that everyone needs to have. Just have a little bit of patience that 30 seconds where you just sit and wait, catch your breath, slow down, check your expectations and just like, all right, let's not run into this. Let's, let's figure out what's going on. How's your gear? Is your gun on? safe right. do you have something chambered are you are you ready to make this so then we bump up over a ridge and there's three i mean three mule deer at 200 yards it's like all right this is perfect carter sees them he's like they're right there i pull up my binos and i can see one of them he's like there's a bigger one 10 yards back at two o'clock and so i have to move a little move my position a little bit and then i see her i mean and she's definitely the biggest one in the group but i don't have a shot i try and like take a knee there's nothing to balance on so i like she was behind some skinny pine trees Mm -hmm. there's there just seemed to always be something in the way so i like combat roll off to my right covered in snow dude you did it fucking cover yourself in snow (laughs) we were watching and i dude it was pretty impressive tim got down and got up on some deadfall and we're shooting uphill like really uphill and he like drops his pack like very fucking tactically it was well we were, we were like 500 yards away from you guys and so I mean, uh, tyler, i thought you guys were like what the what are, what are they doing over there Dude, tyler the was up on the ridge around. and he because i mean I'm, I'm not gonna uh steal your thunder here but like me cole and zach come crashing through after you guys and you guys were way ahead of us and at a certain point tyler just looks at me he's probably like 50 feet away from me goes like dude like down stop, <laughs> like, stop fucking moving <laughs> shut up i'm like making tea or something just and, curious and Always so see but you guys were on something and mm-hmm. we were not clued in at all but we started watching you with the binos and we were like these guys are on deer mm-hmm. oh you didn't just the way that the way that tim was moving yeah i could like well, that's fair because we, we busted out a bunch of them yeah because mm-hmm. tim and i had this talk like on the way we made a long stock and we busted a bunch of deer out of there but and we the, expected that to happen. We were right. like, fuck it. Like, we're already here. Well, I want to preface, too, like, making a 200-yard shot in that terrain 
it seems like a lot of guys are going to hear this and be like, oh, I don't see the problem. It is so fucking open. Mm. Like, if you're on one ridge you're and, totally you're, exposed. and you're walking, a deer that's 700 yards out is going to see that something is moving on yeah. that ridge and you'll be like, there's no way they see me. You'll glass them up and all of them are staring at yeah. you. So to like get into those comfortable distances yeah. is another skill in its own. You just not like you guys just like walked up or just like, oh, there they are. Like, let me just hide behind this pine tree yeah. until I get a good shot. Like, it's it's a tough, it's like a, it's a, it's a stock, but not one that you would think like a bow stock where you're like, oh, I got to get into 30 yards. But right. like, 200 yards in that terrain is like the equivalent of a 30 yard bow stock. Cause yeah. these deer, it's not just one, it's seven, seven. of them. That's a lot and of eyes. All those eyes. And if yeah. one sees you, they're like, nah, I'm out. And then they just See all take later. off. So yeah, it was a good stock. It was sweet. It was. And we and got we into position. Played and it perfect. Carter pulled out his rangefinder and it was like 160 something. 167. 167 was like 167. And Again, Carter has a very good ability. When you have a spotter watching, they can see a lot more. They can see a lot clearer than you can, and it's like they're moving left to right. There's a clearing up ahead. Just wait two seconds, and they're going to step into a clearing. It makes a huge difference because once you get behind the glass oh. and you're looking down vision. that scope, mm-hmm. tunnel vision, yeah. dude. And you're like, I can punch it through there. And then if you can have someone who can talk you onto that target. Mm-hmm. It makes a world of difference. Yeah. And I'm very fortunate that I was there for all three of you to, to be a part of that. Like, that was sweet. You were right it makes, next a, to all it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Because it's just a different perspective. Yeah, it's huge. Especially if you're like standing behind him and he's about to take a shot through some sketchy stuff and you're like, hey, wait. Right. Mm-hmm. She's walking and there's an opening to your left. And 10 yards. It's, it's, you know? That's exactly what Carter did. And, and then she stepped into the clearing, 167, and the trigger i got to see that from a uh, 400 yards out her just eat that bullet and i was just like yeah yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, was, it was great and then what i've learned and kind of just my hunting experiences as soon as you pull the trigger just wait um i the last mule deer i shot i set a timer on my phone for 20 minutes and just sat there because i <laughs> i scoped myself and so i had to deal with <laughs> cleaning myself up Broken but, eyes. <laughs> but just 300 wind mag will do that buddy <laughs> i've i've shot deer before and just been way too eager ran up and busted them and i never saw the deer again um but pull the trigger and it's like all right like now wait and by this time um the boys were able to catch up to us and then um it got pretty squirrely pretty quick. It got yeah. western it, it got pretty western, western. <laughs> which is exactly what john wanted so many great adjectives <laughs> cowboy these are all good ones. Yeah, so as Tyler said, we, we were down below and uh, we you know we heard the shot and we were all celebrating and started running up the, the cliffside to, to rejoin with you guys. Um, I was in the lead because I was, I mean, I was, I was dead excited for y'all. Um, but I ended up, I was really hustling up that hill. And to my original point um, about, and, and maybe I'm, advertising my inexperience with hunting here, but I ran up this hill. Um, and mistake. I was breathing hard. My steep hill. goodness, I was breathing hard. Yeah. All of us were. But I was at the lead, and uh, I run up to Tim and to Carter. And Carter just looks at me, he goes, do you want to fill your tag? I said, do you want to kill a deer? Do you want to kill a deer? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, what are you talking about? And he goes, you know, there's, there's two more mule deer inside of a hundred yards. I, I mean, I don't know what the dynamic was there. Like obviously one of them 
got shot by Tim and the other two didn't leave. Um, and so I said, yeah, like a split decision, grabbed the rifle, uh, set up the bipod on a horizontal log. Um, and she was directly between these two trees. Um, and as it so often happens, like as soon as you line up on a deer and you're ready to take the shot, then they start moving. Dude, it's, it happens all the time. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so to today. <laughs> it happened to Tyler today. So like I'm lined up on her and she's moving pretty slow, but then she starts to pick up pace. And again, to Carter's credit, he starts whistling. Great whistle, by the way. Didn't even occur to me. It's actually my only like skill that I have in life is like I'm a good whistler. I've got it all on video, and I was just like, that is a crisp whistle. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I did it on an antelope in Wyoming, and it stopped and gave me a Perfect four shot. or five second window, and I was like, fuck it. Like, Dude. Let's try and stop these things. And mule deer are like kind of curious and yeah. they're kind of forgiving. Yeah, I think deer in general. You know, you, a yeah. lot of guys you watch videos and you're like, Meh, or yeah. like, yeah, yeah, or whatever, and they stop. So I think they're just like, oh, what is that? Yeah. And they give you that one split second to pull the trigger. I've seen that. It didn't occur to me. So props to you for having the presence of mind. Um, thick, thick timber, and she was passing between sets of trees. Didn't have a shot. Didn't have a shot. Whistle. Stopped. Kept moving whistle stopped and then i was like now <laughs> i think these guys are probably thinking john's gonna blow this <laughs> but then on the second <laughs> yeah i mean the captain phil is special right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i just punched it and i think all of us knew immediately just by the the way that uh, her body moved when she got hit that she didn't go toward it was a lethal kill and yeah i mean that was day one and we double punched both of our doe tags right next to each other within Two minutes? I don't know. It was pretty... Inside. Five, inside five, five minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, things got pretty Western real was, quick. It was awesome. Yeah, you couldn't have scripted that. Checking boxes. Took off my long johns at the top of the peak. <laughs> froze, froze my, my, my bits. giblets yeah. off. Yeah, froze my giblets off. But no soup. Yeah. And then made this awesome stock, put a deer on the ground, and then you popped over, put another one on the ground, and then like things got amazing from there. Yeah, then we got, so we get up to, we go, so the three of them was, no, four of you guys go over to where John shot his his deer. We saw yeah. it go down. Yeah. And then we never saw Tim's deer go down. We knew, when I was glassing, when he shot, I knew that she went to the right a little bit and she never came out. So I was pretty confident that she was in that area. So Tim and I went up there and he's like, oh, found blood. And I was like, good blood? And he's like, yeah, it's good. And then... I, I didn't even get two more steps up. And he's like, there she is. Like, she, she, again, she didn't go 15 yards. Because we were getting a little nervous. I, I which, was, which happens. It does. And so I was nervous. But as soon as I saw that first blade, it was like a spray. Oh, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's amazing what, how far weapon systems have come. And it's just like, I mean, there's a spray blood. It's like, all right, she's not going anywhere. And snow is, difficult as it is to hike in you can see exactly where they were like you can see where she's bedded you can see where she's walked then from the point of impact you see the blood and it's like all right i can if need be i can follow blood and i can follow her footprints through the snow as far as she goes yep. but i mean 20 yards that was another box i'd never hunted in the snow before it's fun it's awesome which adds it's way more a fun. wild dynamic but like being able to see prints is huge because whitetail back home when you shoot them and 
like well, we'll get to it, but like if there's no not a clear blood trail, it's tough. Doubt creeps in real quick because mm-hmm. you're like because it's so thick. Yeah, you're like this. It could be literally anywhere. It could be down in any bottom. It could be near any you know any creek bottom. It could be see you later. It's the Appalachian mm-hmm. Mountains, like right. gone forever. But it can also be situation overload because you see tracks fucking everywhere. Tracks everywhere, and it's like, do I follow this? Do I try and glass? Do I just keep chasing after this thing? But she went 20 yards and she was bundled up and I'm standing over my deer and I turn around and John's standing over his 50 yards away. And it's just, that's, that's just cool. It's morale was high. Morale, morale was, was high. Extremely high. Morale was high. Dude, then I, I got him on the Montana fire. The Montana oh, fire was harder than woodpecker lives <laughs> out there. He's just like, we'll start 100%. a fire. I mean, that was probably like, I don't know, top three yeah. days of my year. Every year. Western movie, you folks have ever seen. Like, picture Jeremiah Johnson. Jeremiah Johnson. We were way back in the timber. He did this. Robert Redford did we this. We lined up. We had both the does. We had a, a fire going. We had hot coffee. We had mountain house, peak refuel. <laughs> breaking like, down some deer. Breaking, breaking down, down deer. deer. In the snow. Ripping. Holy water. Yeah, <laughs> ripping some holy water. Shout out to Zach. Ripping 120 proof whiskey out of a <laughs> yeah, flask. Yeah. That had Goodness been sitting gracious. for over a year because the dude who brought it went to Syria. <laughs> Didn't know He's that. He's like, I don't know what was in here, but it's still good. And I'm like, potent. Fuck it. And we're I'll just ripping it. branches off of Deadfall and making this huge yeah. ass ripping fire. It was the best, dude. National Forest, like, beautiful. Life was good, man. Yeah. Yep. It was cool to show you guys how to do like the gutless too. I know you guys have never seen that. It was before. really cool. I'd only I only do it hanging. I've only ever done it hanging, and it was super effective. You do a gutless method hanging. Hanging. Trevor, shout out Trevor Holbrooks. Hanging. We hang them by the neck, and then but it's you, a lot do easier. You field like dress that. them. If it's in, if I don't want to, bring, yes, bring it yes. Home. We don't we don't break them down and like pack them out. Right. So like I will gut them back home. To make the drag easier to get it back to the truck because gotcha. we're not going miles. You know, we're not doing that. So yeah. you do a gutless method, but then drag it you to the already truck. have the guts out. Yeah. So you'll field okay. dress it, drag it to the truck. If I then... shoot it at the house or like where I'm going to break it down, we'll hang it and then do a gutless there. Yeah. So for people that don't know or new to the podcast, there's kind of two schools of thought for breaking down a deer. Yeah. You can open up the chest cavity and the um, abdominal cavity and get all the guts out and then start working on your deer or as tyler showed us and a video is going to be coming out on the instagram page pretty shortly of how to do a gutless method it's the only method i'm doing yeah, once you've on. done this you're not going to go back because it's, no, it's huge you know, because they're they're so much bigger than whitetail it makes perfect sense well like, even you if you're doing to. whitetail like my biggest thing is that when you when you field dress a deer you're gonna get covered in blood you know you just put an arrow or a a rifle round through the inside of a deer right so it's going to be bloody and it's going to be a mess and to cut the esophagus you have to get your hand up in there so you're shoulder deep in this deer and like i don't mind blood but like if i can stay as clean as possible i'd rather be that way so the gutless method you you i mean i showed you guys and in the video you'll see like my hands are damn near spotless and i got a couple fingers and and i I even showed you how to get the heart out yeah without getting Mm -hmm. messy and it's just it's easy, especially on these Western hunts, because we don't in Montana. You don't have to drag it out like in New Hampshire, where I grew up. You have to drag the whole deer out to a check station. They weigh it and they do a bunch of stuff and whatever. But 
out here it's just like it doesn't make sense to drag it imagine if you had to drag those deer through that bullshit we were in no it would have been a nightmare it would have been a nightmare an absolute nightmare somebody would have probably died yeah or broken an ankle or something it would have been a we could have used them as sleds to go down the hill though (laughs) toboggan (laughs) (laughs) but it 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 would have taken twice as long i mean there's no doubt about that yeah that was sweet yeah it was cool to be like pressure was off take the time Learn a new method how to do this. Yeah. Got them on their side, or not got them on their side. Uh, field dress them on their side, gutless method, and yeah, and take you, our time and and do it that way. And like the gutless method too, it's not like, I mean, you're taking everything. It's not just everything. like oh, it's just quarters and like some neck meat. You're out of here. Like you can effectively and very cleanly remove all the pieces of meat that you want without being covered in blood or mm-hmm. like having the potential to to cut you know if you're getting inside of a deer there's all you're throwing a knife in there yeah yep. you can accidentally nick an intestine or a stomach and yeah, or your all own done there. or your own hands exactly. when you're cutting oh, yeah. the esophagus and you get up in the diaphragm yeah like, i do it every single time yeah so it's just great to be able to one show you guys because like again you don't do western hunting all the time but if yeah. you bring it back home and you're like no dude we're not even going to drag this thing out we're just gonna fucking yeah. clean it up here money you transfer that over for sure yeah too easy one yeah. of the one of the biggest tips that Tyler was able to show us is just the backstrap extends way further than you think it does. I mean, that thing's touching the hips and it's going all the way up to beneath the neck. Well up the neck. And I, the first mule deer I shot, I'm, I hate to say it, but I, I didn't know that. And so I stopped it. I stopped it like the shoulders. I, Mm -hmm. I cut like, I cut it at the collarbone. Yeah. Instead of like below the jaw. Yeah, so like if you pull a deer, and this again, this will all come out on the video, I kind of touch on it, but if you look at the anatomy of how the muscle grows on like ungulates, their neck meat grows over the back strap. And a lot of guys, and, and I was, I did the same thing when I first started hunting or, or cutting animals at myself, I would just straight chop that, that back strap short. And the only, unf- you're not wasting meat because you're going to use that portion of backstrap that you think is neck meat for a roast mm-hmm. or a grind, but you're, you're getting like, that's the tenderloins and backstrap are the prime. Could cuts, be a steak. Yeah. You know? So like <laughs> you just, you just gotta be able to just like, okay, look, you can see the neck grow over it, cut it. And you'll see, you'll watch like, you'll be like, holy shit, there's another 18 inches of neck. I you know. Yeah. And, and then we were cooking tenderloins yeah. over the <laughs> fucking fire in the national forest dude it was it was turn it was awesome life doesn't get better it was awesome it, it was, was great cool. and that was day one folks that was sweet that was really sweet it was a good day that was a good day the pack out was uh for pack out sake it was very simple mm-hmm. like it was mainly downhill it helps when uh, six people are there yeah yeah um john packed out his hole or his all of him by himself and then that's right Tim Shout out to John's traps. <laughs> they are no longer with him. <laughs> Tim and Zach packed out the other doe. Because um, mm-hmm. Carter, Carter's like, I'll, I'll help you pack out. Give me a quarter. Then he's looking at his pack and he's like, I don't think I can fit this yeah. thing in here. <laughs> Huge mistake. That's a big thing too. Yeah. Pack without a meat shelf. Well, and pack in general. Like, So tomorrow you and I are going to go out. Yeah. I've already downgraded. Like, I know we're not going to be out all day. So I've yeah. gotten rid of my jet boil, my extra food, like extra mm-hmm. water. Like, got rid of it. So keep that in mind too. Yeah. Like you got to be able to be like, okay, am I going to be out here all day? Am I going to be out here for two days or half a day? Yeah. Cause in the event that you are successful and now you have a pack that was already kind of heavy walking mm-hmm. around. Now you've got, you know, full deers. Significant. Yeah. There's a big difference going yeah. in 35 pounds and then packing out versus going in 
15 pounds yeah mm-hmm. and then packing out yeah so just be aware of that when you're doing western hunts for anybody for sure. listening like just pay attention to what you're bringing a lot and, of guys will just like bring extra gear they don't fucking need and i did that it happens i think we all did because i didn't to an extent i was like i need to figure out how to layer which is what day one was for mm-hmm. to figure out how to layer because it was going to be colder than i've ever been in my entire life and so i brought cole and i brought fucking everything <laughs> out there looking like eskimos <laughs> poor bastards <laughs> yeah. have no idea what's gonna hit them <laughs> but like i needed that shit in camp because uh yes you're not hiking around you're no exaggeration I was, I, was, I was a bit chilly a little south of peru if you will <laughs> a little geography choke for you john <laughs> But high high quality gear does just play a huge factor. Yeah. If you have gear that you're confident in, that won't get wet, that's you didn't skimp and you got the nice boots, you got the nice pair of gloves. I think Zach paid like 160 bucks for his gloves. Yeah. I got the but same one. The Kuyu gloves. So yeah. He's not worrying about his hands getting cold. And he gave them to me. Whereas he's really <laughs> nice. Guy. Well, Zach. that's because he had the the mid layer gloves. Yeah. Right. From and he was Kuyu. Fine. And like, yeah. the, I'm not trying to put a plug towards Kuyu, but like. They worked. They are money, dude. Yeah. And like, they don't come at Walmart prices. Mm-hmm. No. So you yeah. got to be like, either budget for it and just invest in good stuff. You need it when you need it. Yeah. Yes. Yep. My my gloves are giver gloves. They're leather. They're waterproof. They're they're fantastic. They're mittens, which decreases dexterity a ton. But I'm not worried about my hands getting cold. And if your hands aren't cold, and it's zero degrees outside, you can slip that glove off. And take a shot, and then yeah. put that glove back on. 100%. Whereas if your hands are shaking, or take them so off while cold, you're hiking, right? And so, just good gear is it's it's the same with tools. If you buy the right tool the first time, yeah. you're going to give that to your kids. And if you get a good pack, if you get good boots, if you just have the good the good stuff, you don't have to worry about. It. And that's one thing that you don't have to worry about. So you can focus on the stock. You can focus on the animal, right? First. Man, I'm cold. Man, I'm wet. Yeah. This this isn't fun anymore because I'm freezing. Yeah, well, I don't want, you, I don't want to hit that ridge. Or yep, whatever. exactly. You mm-hmm. get yeah. cold or you get wet. You're like, I want to get out of here. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. So if you're just comfortable enough and you're just like, oh, I could be out here all fucking day. Yeah. It's a good yes. feeling. For sure. Morale was high. Morale was high. Morale was <laughs> high. Heading back high. to camp. Things got cold though. Things did get very Weather cold. Weather turned for the worst. Yeah. I well, mean, that's not, it wasn't. An exaggeration to say that was bad weather. That was terrible. Even by Montana standards. Yeah, I mean... It, this is a Canadian or, saying that. Yeah. At least by like hunting standards. Hunting standards. When you have visibility that's 100 yards because it's snowing sideways and you've got 40 mile an hour winds and it's... I don't care how great your gear is. It's not fun being out there. Especially if like... It seemed like every hill that we wanted to glass or every drainage was like wind was right in your face mm-hmm. and you're just like god like you couldn't see nothing you can't see your eyes are watering like it's just not fun so we did what a day of that and we were just like fuck this like i was worried because with the first day we didn't see like any we saw a little forky we saw two little forky saw that whitetail forky and then stud on private <clears throat> yeah the fucking pig on private <laughs> But my concern was like, if the I don't want to wait out another day of shitty weather and lose a day. Yeah. Because one, the roads up there were probably getting going to get bad. Mm-hmm. You know, that was another factor. I don't have experience driving in that kind of weather. Yeah. 
So even though it's a rental, so like who gives a shit? But <laughs> so a rental with bald tires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, I don't want to sacrifice another day of their hunt. For me, if I was out there, I'd have been like, I can, I can be out here, whatever. Like I, I live out here. Is is whatever. Right. But for you guys who spent the money to one get tags, took you a couple years. Yeah. And then you make this plan, and it's like doesn't come at cheap prices, and so we had an audible. Yep. Thankfully, my my lady is renting a room from a, a couple, and they were like, I just sent out the SOS. I was like, mm-hmm. do you think it'd be cool if I just show up with like four random dudes oh. that nobody's met? <laughs> when you said you were going to ask, I was like, that's a heavy lift. Like, was a heavy I did lift. not expect. And they didn't even bat an eye. They were like, My yeah, no, good people, man. Good folks. People talk about Southern hospitality. Yeah. Montana hospitality. Yeah, it's a real thing. For sure. Yeah. Unless you're from California, then just like don't. Fuck them. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get out. Yeah. But yeah, so we we uh, threw the audible out there. I just got sick and tired of like not being able to hunt because like yeah. I'm out we, there. We froze another night and then we boogied. Yeah. Tough yeah. night. We bo- boogied back. It was tough. I mean, yeah. the visibility, we went up to the spot where we wanted a glass in the morning and it was so windy it was bad like you could feel your truck shocks like swaying back and forth i was like okay we need to drop down we tried to drop down find some other spots we did find some cool other areas but um i think you guys said you saw a doe we saw a doe we looked over a lot of country Mm -hmm. it would have been a hellacious pack out yeah that's what i live for though i (laughs) we probably would have still been packing that (laughs) (laughs) but we uh my buddy zach and i we didn't see anything again we saw some country and i'm just like dude i know they're in here but yeah, the weather would yeah. like it would be nice for a second and then all of a sudden it would be blizzard and 70 mile an hour wind well, it got it got nice it was like it started to get sunny the wind died oh, dude, it was I'm just like, like it's like get out of your truck it'll be fine come on come up to the mountains it'll be okay get, you and, get out and, and we and left and it just tease, big tease. immediately oh, just sure. got wrecked yeah and I, I don't know this for sure but it seemed to have impacted the behavior of the deer because up until that point, like we had been seeing, covered in deer. seeing animals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Everything then we weren't seeing anything. Not even on private. Deer. Nowhere. Uh, yeah. When, when the weather's that bad, you know, the animals don't want to be in either. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're tucked into the timber. And I don't know if anybody's had a lot of experience glassing timber. If you're glassing timber with perfect visibility, it's really tough mm-hmm. because you're not seeing deer bedded like out in the open. You're yeah. seeing them like underneath trees or you're seeing them through brush. So to have the winds where you can barely open your eyes and then the snow's visibility and then you're like, I'm glassing 48 feet in front of me. This is yeah. a waste of fucking time. Right. Yeah. So, so we came back to the big city. Came yeah, we, back to the spot that we're not going to tell people about. San Diego. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, I've hunted this area quite a bit with my girlfriend and we found some spots. And then uh, that next morning, you guys linked up. Uh, on an area that my my lady said, "Hey, go check this out," which and is very generous, so generous. Shout out to your lady again. Yeah, um, greatest person I've ever met. <laughs> second, second. We'll argue about this all the time. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, I mean, unpack that because I got the text message from you, and I was just like, I think Zach, I yelled, I was like, "Let's fucking go!" And Zach's like, "What are we doing?" <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, we're hunting, dude. We were hunting, and I was just like. I was like, fuck yeah. So, yeah, right off the rip. Yeah, we drove up sight unseen and. Yeah, I need to hear that story again. Yeah. Enter, probably call Reed and you should probably set the scene here. Set the scene. Trigger finger Reed over here. (laughs) Oh, man. Day three. 
So, with Tyler, with your lady, giving us some guidance and, and say, hey, you know, go go check out this area of, uh, you know, northern San Diego. Uh, we... <laughs> We we said yeah you know we're we're kind of up for anything, um, and so as we're approaching where she had dropped us a little waypoint, we're we're heading in and to our right are some ag fields, you know private land. To our left, you know we're we're hitting bits and pieces where the road and and public meet, you know that we can, you know jump off and and hit that public, but we had not even reached her point yet. And Carter said, hey, there's. There's some deer out in these ag fields, you know, and there were a couple elk too. I think there were three mm-hmm. or four bull elk out there nice. too. Big bulls. Some big bulls uh, and, and just a bunch of cow, but you know, it's just an ag field. And so we're looking and, and these does are just doing what they're doing, just taking their morning feed, uh, you know, actually feeding away from public. And so we, we didn't think anything of it, but we watched them for a minute. And then after about a couple minutes, you know, we just see this one lonely deer going in the opposite direction, you know, moving from private towards public. And we're looking, we're looking. Sun is just coming up, and we're, we're trying to get a look at it to see exactly what it is. You know, is it mule? Is it whitetail? What's going on? And uh, Carter distinctively said, oh, it's it's got antlers, you know? So it was at that point, pulls over the side of the road, and we're watching it some more, and we're like, it is 1,000% going to go on public. Like, there's no doubt about it. Um, so we, we put the truck on the side of the road, you know, uh, but the minute we park, we look and we, we can kind of see the, the top of the hill and there's a, a doe just sitting up there looking right at us and we're just like, oh, okay, we cannot get out right here because if we spook her, it's just going to send it, that buck going to be gone. And, uh, Carter puts it in reverse real gently backs us up for a minute and uh, get out of sight. And so we, we start to get ready to, to see what's on the other side. Um, from there, you know, we, we start to get ready, getting all of our stuff together, you know, get rifles, get packs. Because uh, this is also a, an area that I was not familiar with. Now, I knew going up on top of that hill on the other side, there was just kind of a, a big flat. Uh, I didn't know exactly how big, but I I knew it was significant enough. But um, we we start to plan our approach, kind of on the spot. We were all just kind of boot scooting boogie, and uh, getting over there. Well, I said whatever that deer is, we're gonna go kill it. We're gonna yeah. go over that ridge and kill it. Perfect. Yeah. Whitetail or mule deer or whatever. Like we're gonna go. Yeah, we've gotten sure. our asses kicked the last couple if, of days, not for lack of effort. We're going to go kill that deer. If, yeah. if it's got antlers, because I think you and I were talking, we're like, if it's got antlers, white tail or mule. And he fucking beelined it towards public, which is insane. I've never seen that happen. And I was like, he's that's on a, he's on a mission. All the, all, all the, everything just aligned. You're like, it's, it did. I mean, it really oh, it did, did yeah. which is wild, but right place, right time, right? 100%. Mm-hmm. It, exactly. Right place, right time. And you know, with the rut, it, it, anything can happen. Yeah. And also you, you had mentioned mule deer. You can't, treat them like whitetail you know whitetail kind of have a uh, they have a schedule you know they go to a certain place during a certain time and and you know you'll see them there but uh, let's throw a mule deer let's throw in the rut and it's it's all over the place it gets western it it gets (laughs) gets gets (laughs) yeah he was not he was not thinking necessarily correctly i mean continue to tell the story but like we 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 think that 
he ended up thinking that we were a group of does. Yeah, so we're... A couple of handsome, homely-looking <laughs> fellas. <laughs> Dude, it's smelling like something. I don't know if we smell like a doe or not, but boy, boy howdy. I um, haven't showered this whole trip, so that's probably it. Uh, same. I said, I said we weren't showering until we got something. And Cole so, still hasn't showered. So yeah, I, well, still, so I, I still haven't thing. showered, so it's it's pretty cool. Um, Carter and I are sleeping together, so it's okay, you know. Um, so we're we're kind of making the plan on the stock, and you know, Tim and Carter have Onyx up, and, and we're taking a look and figuring out how we want to do this. Uh, figure it out, you know. Start making this approach. Um, it gets to the point where we know there's something over there. We just don't know how far. So I dropped my pack. I grabbed the the shooting sticks. shooting sticks. Yep, got my rifle, and we're heading up. You know, just slowly and methodically. And two uh, of us stay back. Only two of us go forward, which is like another yeah, issue me, when you're hunting in a big group. Me and, it's tough. Yep. Yeah. Me and Tim were like, all right, shooter at the front. Yeah, it's more bodies. This is the kind of thing that we learned yeah. from last year, our trip in Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah. Was like, okay, we need to be uh, we need to be methodical and like deliberate about our movements yeah. through the bush. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, not to recount past stories, but like we, we found ourselves sort of caught with our pants around our ankles. Like, yeah. you know, the, the, the guy who should have been shooting didn't have his rifle or he was not in the position that he should have been in. Or had his rifle and could have blown off John's left arm. Right. We were just... <laughs> with the 300 wind mag. We, <laughs> were, uh, we were all over the place. So this year, you know, I mean, an, an easy example of, of how we, we tried to correct for that was like, okay, you know, shoot at the front sounds like a, a, you know, an obvious thing to do, but in the moment you don't necessarily think to do that when you have a group that's pushing to a ridge, it's like, well, you don't know what's going to come over that ridge. Yeah. And in this circumstance, I mean, Cole, take it from here, but like you had to act incredibly quickly. A little too fast that I'm comfortable with. Um, so as as we're making this approach, Carter and I hit a point where it's like, okay, you know, take a second. Carter's got his binos out, and we we can see just a little more as we're coming up this ridge. And Carter's got his binos out; he's taking a look, and and I don't have mine. I don't have mine out because one hand is a rifle, the other hand is shooting sticks, and I'm not going to drop either of those just to pull some binos out. And so, next thing you know, I'm I'm like Carter; it's right in front of us. You know, I I see antlers. Dude, you were like, it's right here. And I was like, what the f I get aggravated too easy. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, his reaction was like, and I was like, where the fuck where? is it? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, put your binos down. It's right in front of us. And we had been warned that this sage was really tall. Yeah. Yeah, it I think was. you guys probably didn't know tall. how tall it would. Was in Wyoming, it was like, well, I mean, you saw like the small sage angels, here. Yeah. yeah. But like, there are some bottoms here where this it's like, was tall. Sage this... will it'll engulf a guy who's six foot tall. Yep. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. And we've this... seen antlers. It engulfed that guy yep. who was six feet tall. This yeah. this was th thick sage, and so could not see just, most of him. Just just antlers. Just antlers. Boom! Right there. And I'm like Carter. It's right there. And so finally, we we get eyes on, and I'm I'm pulling the shooting sticks, you know, to to get them set. I got my rifle on it. Carter's You're on like, a knee. Yeah, I'm on a knee, and Carter's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, just get up and shoot this thing. It is so close, you can just shoot this thing. So hand him back the shooting six. And, and keep this in mind, this is all within the matter of maybe 20 seconds, yeah. oh, if yeah. that. And so, kid you not, see Antler's 15 yards. He was close, man. He, he was close. I mean, he was definitely intrigued to what who we were, what we were doing. 
And so uh, 15 yards, went full cowboy on this thing, just took a deep <laughs> breath and uh, stood up, got him within my crosshairs and, and pulled the trigger. Yeah, the yeah. full Savannah. Well, the, yeah. The full I mean, Savannah. Yeah. yeah. That's the Savannah, Savannah special. special. Yeah. Taking a, a uh, freestanding, unsupported, adrenaline-filled shot first thing in the morning yeah. is a low percentage shot. Yeah. So well done, sir. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there for a second. But uh, take the shot. And and I was telling Carter about this. It's like, you know, you can go to the shooting range. Um, and every time I fire that rifle, I, I swear, like, it is the loudest thing ever. Uh, my ears are always ringing just a little bit. But for some reason, when I pulled the trigger today, it was everything was quiet. I, I really didn't hear the gun go off. I didn't really feel it. I was just so focused, and I think my adrenaline was running just so zone. much. I was just in the zone. And I from what I had saw, you know, in my crosshairs, I made a good shot, you know, but also my rifle sighted at 200. This thing's 15 yards away. <laughs> and so that, that crosses my mind. And uh, after the shot, all I heard Carter say was reload, and he always has to remind me because I get – too much in the moment where I want to put the rifle down and take a look, but he's like, no, you need to reload and keep focusing. And, uh, so that's, that's exactly what I did. Uh, put another round in the chamber and I, I probably went up, you know, that 20, 25 yards to take a look to see if there was any sign. Cause he didn't go down immediately. He didn't go down. I said, reload, hit him again. Yep. If he's still standing, let's punch him. Cause we're kind of close to private. Mm-hmm. Let's get him down. So we're, there's nothing squarely going on. Yeah, the private the private issue too. Like most landowners are pretty lenient. They're like, oh, you know, if they if they feel confident that you actually did shoot, it, you know, there's shit bags out there. Like, oh, I shot it on public land over here, and it's like, dude, the mm-hmm. blood trail doesn't start for like sixty yards on yeah. my, my place. But um, rule of thumb, if you can get another good shot into him, shoot it again. Yeah, and that's that's something I'm still pretty ill-experienced in because most of my my hunting experience is is down in georgia with whitetail and uh i feel like i've had very good shots whether it's, it's either dropped or you know if it does skirt off it usually stays on you know it's the, all been excellent yeah it, it stays on but the, i know those borders and yeah. this was like never been here before i've been here for 15 minutes I don't know. I didn't grow up working cattle on this property. <laughs> you know, like I, I know those properties yeah. intimately. So it, thoughts running through my mind. Okay. Carter said reload and hit it again, which made me immediately think that I missed, you know? So it, it's just the doubt immediately starts running through my head. So I, I take that 20, 25 yard walk forward. And at that point, skylined on the ridge. Um, and I see a doe and a buck. A nice buck. A nice buck. Because keep in mind, keep in mind, yeah, I I saw the antlers for this thing, but I only saw it for a split second. And after I saw antlers, I was like, okay, I just, I need to shoot this. I didn't really get a good look. It's not like we were sitting on a hillside glassing and watching Mm -hmm. this thing. You know, it just popped up immediately. And so doubt sets in. Doe and a beautiful buck, uh, 1,500, 2,000 yards away, just beelining across this this big sage flat and it 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 was frustrating for a couple minutes because i was like i can't believe that i just missed at 15 yards and that's another thing that you can keep telling your story but just so i've got a lot of buddies that hunt and they're like is your rifle sighted i'm like yeah i took it to the range 
shot 200 yards and dialed 200. He's like, all right, like, cool. Have you shot, like, kneeling? Have you shot standing? Have you shot, yeah. like, laying on the ground with your pack? Like, have you shot your rifle in the same situations you're going to be shooting when you're hunting? Because you're not always going to be shooting on off a bench, a, off, on a bench yeah. with a lead yeah. sled. Like, your rifle might be sighted at 200 yards, but you need to do all that practice. A standing shot, a kneeling shot, sh- shoot yeah. over your pack, and just get those reps in, because you, you won't be on a bench. And you said that earlier this week. Yeah. Sometimes the 150-yard standing happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to, like, I mean, if it's a 200-yard shot don't like standing the the probability of like one hitting the deer is slim two hitting it in the vitals is very slim. And then like the the worst case scenario, you hit it low or you hit it far back because your adrenaline's going, you know, buck fever does come to come to play. And Mm -hmm. so next thing you know, you're like, if you're at the house and you're pulling up your rifle, just practicing, just holding it, you're like, Oh, I'm steady. But you just hiked up a hill you know yep. there's a deer there. There's the intimacy of like I'm about to take this thing's life, whether you're thinking of it or not. Like it's running through your blood, so you are not stable. Yeah. And so, being practice. able to like practice, like I'm not saying go out there and fucking do stress shoots every time you go shoot your rifle, but like those circumstances happen. So you need to be able to or need to be capable of pulling out those shots again if it's 200 yards plus. Or say no, I'm not comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. It, it takes more, I would say it takes more of a man or a woman or an outdoorsman or an outdoors woman to be like, I'm not willing to take this shot because I'm not comfortable. I think it like is just a huge improvement on yourself to just to just know your limits and not hinder another life that you're trying to take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I've done it. I think a lot of people have done it like wounded animals and it makes you feel sick. And I've done like, it. I did it last on. year. Yeah. It's the worst mm-hmm. in Wyoming. It's it the worst. Terrible. I, it was rushed. It doesn't make you want to hunt anymore. You're like, yep. oh, I don't want to do this. And I like, I coveted that thing so badly. And we had got our ass kicked for so many days and not had opportunities. I took a risky shot on a big mule deer. And it didn't pan out. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. And you lose sleep over it. And yeah, so, yeah. like, you know, not to be like super. Like, oh, you got to love the animal, but, like, you got to respect them because they're out in that terrain. Like, we are lucky enough to come home to heated homes and take yeah. our boots off. But, like, they're out there living the damn thing. So you want to just, if you're going to kill it, give it the most most ethical, quick death. Yep. And you smoked it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so let's take a step back. I, I see this beautiful buck and this doe just out in the middle of this flat. And they're gone. I mean, they they are just gone. There, there's no way. I pulled out my rangefinder and I couldn't even get a read on it. It was just way too far, too windy. I was shaking uh, the whole nine yards. So, <laughs> Bush. <laughs> Bush, if you're listening, sponsor us, <laughs> please. So, uh, Carter says, "Hey, just just keep an eye on them. We're him and the boys are gonna go look for blood. You know that that was the first thing. So I I pull out my binos." And I'm keeping. Well, up. I wanted to know if he was wounded. Yeah, so that that's what I was looking for. I was like, "Hey, is is there?" We had any- about a thousand yards of visibility where we could watch him run yep. away. And I was like, "Do not take your eyes off of him. If he's wounded, we'll go. We'll figure it out." Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, kept kept eyes on him, and and he ran fine. 
ran he, he crushed it he, was he ran be- spectacularly <laughs> beautiful i was, was just the like most beautiful thing i've ever seen in my whole life it's like it's it's cool thing to watch because we don't have mule deer so it's just like beautiful watching them but at the same time i'm like ah oh, you should be on the ground yeah i was waiting for him to go down so between between standing taking that shot and while i'm watching this deer beeline across the field it just Carter, Tim, John, it, I keep hearing no blood, no blood. And I was just like, God, okay, everything is really pointing towards uh, just completely missed at 15 yards. <laughs> and I was really kicking myself, like really kicking, like what was an immediate high followed, you know, just this immediate low. And it, it was pretty tough for a couple minutes. Um, these deer are across the field. I, I can't see them anymore. You know, it, they're just, they're way out of range. There's no way I could even get a second shot off. They're just, they're gone. You know, I kind of know the general direction. We can figure it out. You know, we'll, we'll trace their footsteps, uh, if we need to. Next thing you know, it 30, 45 seconds later, John is, uh, on the edge, <laughs> on the edge of this hill saying, Boys, we have a deer down. And my first reaction was like, don't be fucking with me. Because I just watched this beautiful buck, you know, book it across the field. Next thing you know, I, I take another 20 steps and there he is. You know, he, he didn't go but, you know, 20 yards maybe. Didn't go 20. Didn't go 20. <coughs> and we had, and we had no idea that there was. So there's two bucks in the group and chasing one doe. And we thought there was only one. We, we thought there was only one. Zero clue of this of that second buck, which... Uh, if, if this first one hadn't popped up right in front of us, you know, maybe we would have gotten a better look, but, uh, it was just the moment we thought there was only one. That was the one we thought, you know, had come across the field, most likely came across that field, that ag field, uh, into public land and, uh, it was opportunity and we took it. And so, uh, there it was, you know, not but 20 yards from, from where I had shot it and, uh, just lying there on the ground and i I was jumping and cheering, and I was. It was it was so cool to see. Morale was high. Morale. So, what yeah. was the immediate high with the shot, followed by the immediate low <laughs> of seeing this buck, followed by another immediate high? Uh, it, it, was cool. it was it was a whirlwind of this ten minutes, you know, uh, of our morning. Yeah, that made my trip. <laughs> All three of you were tagged out. Day three, mm-hmm. which is like my only goal. Let's have all y'all kill deer. That's all I give a shit about. And it, we had a buck on the ground. Two does down already. Tags were filling quick. I mean, yeah. dude, it's just like the greatest feeling in the world, right? It's just the best. All of it coming together. Yeah. So Especially, much. I mean, last year we were 25%. Yep. This year, I mean, day three, 75%. It was it was great. Yeah, couldn't have been better. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, and your first mule deer buck, like first mule deer in first general. First mule deer. It's a cool experience because you were even saying you're like, how heavy are it? You know how heavy how heavy are they? And, yeah, and, and even like your buck is a, a younger buck. Yeah. But if you look at the same age of like a whitetail, the your buck's bigger. I mean, it's just body way bigger. way bigger. Like a hundred pound difference. Yeah, it's meat they're, for they're big. meat for. Yeah, he had a huge body. Man. He was and dude, he's, he's a toad. And I, the fields down low are probably like alfalfa fields. He's so gonna he's taste just, great. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> there ain't nothing better than an alfalfa eating whitetail or muley. They're yeah. so good. It 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 was crazy. And so, 
got hands on after I I was jumping up and down. I think I threw the 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 shooting stick somewhere. <laughs> I was I was hugging all the boys. I was like, it, it's like in that time, it's like I didn't feel like it was just me, but I felt like it was us. Yeah, you know this this was an experience not not just for me taking that shot, but it was an experience for all of us. You know, because uh, Tim luckily in in Wyoming got his uh, first mule deer while it was still in velvet. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but it's like other than that, uh, what other time are we going to have all of us together doing this? You know, going after these bucks, going after these does all together. So I feel like it's not just a an individual kind of ordeal, but this is like a group effort trying to go after these deer. And so it's, it's a team sport. It is, and and so it's not just my buck, but it's I I think of it as ours. I mean, we we did this, you know, with the help of you know obviously you Tyler and and, and your your gal friend um you know but it's like it's it's a collective effort so it's like it's it's all of us well what's cool this. about it too is that like you're gonna have this story forever you guys are all gonna be like sitting over thanksgiving dinner sometime when you're all old and just like telling your kids like we went to montana back you know we got our ass kicked back in 2022 yeah. <laughs> you know but you're gonna you're gonna be able to like just because you're, you know, if you never talk to your grandpa, like it's, yeah, they have those cool stories. You're yeah. like, oh, just tell me more. But like, now you're you're doing those stories. You're making your own. And yeah. So it's like, it's just a cool experience to just be able to harvest an animal, doing something that we all love to do. You know, and it's not easy to do. Um, putting all the sh- like strings together to even get out here, and then finding animals, and then being able to make that shot. Yeah. It's just a cool experience to just have with your friends, where you're like. It's the best, dude. Yeah, and and Carter and I, before we even got on the the plane to come out here, I mean, we were talking about this was more than two years in the making. It took mm-hmm. us it took us a long time to draw yeah, the tag. To, yeah, so out of staters uh, here, you know, you guys pay heavy amount of money for tags. It's pretty crazy compared to what I pay as a resident. Yeah, and you know, you guys live across the country, so realistically, you get one week to fill that tag. Yeah. So you have to take all the opportunities you can. You know, on a general tag in most units during rifle, um, you have the opportunity to do buck or doe. Usually, depending on, like, the area you're hunting, it's either mule deer or uh, whitetail. But, you know, everybody doesn't come out here to just shoot a doe. So it's pretty incredible that you were able to harvest your first mule deer buck mm-hmm. with a bunch of friends and, like, just fucking being silly gooses and just having a good old time you know it's just like <laughs> that, that's that's the best part that's a good it's a good looking it's buck. yeah it's a really it's, good looking it's buck. amazing um i i know we we've posted if you follow you know hunt lift eat official or, or the hunt lead lift eat podcast you know we we've posted on instagram um i i can tell you i've shared it with friends and family already i mean i, I didn't have service out there but i know carter had texted you know my girlfriend, and and she has already shared it with so many people. It's it's just amazing to see. I texted how, Tyler first, yeah, and then <laughs> I texted Daddy her first, and then I texted her, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's it's just cool to also see how excited they get too. You know, it's it's you know they may not have been there, but they're they're just equally as excited. Everybody's rooting for you. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's a cool experience. You, even some of the locals, they were rooting for us oh, too. Man. You know, uh, but we'll we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. You know, but uh, so put put hands on. You know, tag them, and we start to get to work. And and while John and I are working on on this deer, um, once the adrenaline kind of like it slows down, you start to cool off a little bit. You know, you get your photos, and and 
just kind of stand around and just admire this beautiful animal. Um, you know, John and I, we start to get to work, and uh, Tim and Carter had more work to do mm-hmm. because we saw that beautiful buck beeline cross that flat, and so they said, hey, we're, we're going to go check that out. Um, and that's I think that's where the real fun begins, too, of that day. Yeah, I mean, he went and sat on private, and he was stunning. Tim and I went and chased after him, but... He was content to sit on private at seven, or 300 yards. 298 yards. I could have punched him. Punched him. <laughs> Bizarre piece of private right in the middle of BLM, yep. which was really annoying. Yeah, they like to do that. Just Stud, hang out on dude. places you can't hunt. Stud. Crazy. Real mm-hmm. wide. Like, it was, it was as if he had, like, broom handles running parallel with the earth straight out from his skull. That's how wide he was. It was crazy. He was huge, dude. Huge. So they're out there. I they're mean, out there. They're out there, and they're there to be found. Yeah. San Diego's a great place to try to pull a tag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, Tim and I got our butts kicked the rest of the day. But we did. So our, uh, during your whole scenario, my buddy Zach and I go hunt a different spot. Yeah, so yep. y'all were a little bit further away from us. We were about like, probably an hour and a half north of you guys. And your day was kind of exciting, yeah. too. It was, started off a little bit exciting. Dude, Dude, so we sh- <laughs> fuck. So I show up to like the the spot, and there's we're there pretty early, and this, there's a truck. There's two trucks in the middle of the road of like this access, and so I'm like, "What is going on?" And they're pointing like they're coming out. So, but they're just parked, and I like use my before daylight. Before, well, it's like at daylight, like okay. right at shooting light. And okay. I'm like, "What are they doing?" And I see a little kid in orange pop out, and I'm like, oh, sick, dude. Like, Cute. maybe, maybe yeah. they see, like, a buck or a doe, and they're going to get this kid. Like, I'm excited for this kid. Yeah, hell yeah. Then the kid gets back in the truck, and I'm like, oh, fuck these people. Like, what the fuck are they doing? You know? <laughs> I'm getting annoyed because I'm like, I want to get. Let me come I'm, hunt. <laughs> I've got, like, we've, we're driving into the spot, but I've got a three-mile hike to, a, to the area that I want to hunt. So <clears throat> we're sitting there, and I like, I, I'm, like, sitting there with Zach, and we're both just, like, quiet. I'm just like festering by myself I'm like these motherfuckers like oh, you're ruining my morning i'm just annoyed um so i run up there and i'm like are we good like what's going on and they're like oh the guy behind me stuck and i was like okay now like i'm like well my hunt's kind of fucked like but let me help these guys let me get them out of the way so a little can- montana hospitality I guess more annoyance but yeah <laughs> <laughs> well more hands make less work <clears throat> so we end up getting this like this so it was like this guy from California who was hunting with a couple buddies, one from North Dakota, one from Idaho. They had te- they the guy from or the guys from Idaho and uh, North Dakota had tagged out on break uh, bucks that were like up in the breaks, like north north Montana. And um, they saw this guy who was stuck, and they pulled over, and they they did the right thing. You know, people talk shit about California, but these guys like they were non residents, just helping. They were non residents, and they weren't hunting this area. They they were just driving by, and they seen this guy out there like shoveling, trying to get out of this place. Come to find out, the guy that I pull out is the owner of this piece of property that I've been trying to hunt all year. And it, it borders like all his BLM and BMA. Wild. And so I pull him out. We get to talking. And he's like, yeah. He's like, um, he's super thankful because his, his wife was like annoyed that she was going to have to like drive all the way down with like a tractor at like seven miles an hour, <laughs> like pull his asshole out. But um, so he's like, hey, you know. Well, um, he's like, I want to hunt 
the bottom of my property with my son and get him a deer. And then he's like, after that, have at it. And I was like, I looked at Zach and I was like, today just fucking changed, dude. Life like, is good. I was like, we're going to kill a buck today. <laughs> I just straight up looked at it. I was like, we're killing yeah. a buck today. Because in, in, in weeks past, I'd, I'd been on the, the, pro, the public in the BLM and I was like. You were familiar look, with this I area. was looking down on his property and there's fucking deer everywhere. And yeah. I'm like, dude, I could just kill one and nobody would know. But like, yeah. did the right thing. Of course. So that happened. And then uh, he's like, yeah, just give me a call whenever like. He's like, I just want to make sure my son gets a deer. Right on. So. We couldn't go the one way that I wanted to in this spot. So we had to go like all the way out and around, which is like another 45 minute drive. We're going through like big snow drifts, like the old Ford really just hammer thrown. Just, you don't get stuck nowhere. <laughs> I'm doing like 60 through snow drifts, just trying to get to this spot. It was, I think Zach was kind of scared. Ford, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, Ford. Your four wheel drive is insane. So Sponsor we, us. we get up in this spot and I had, we're walking down like this this drainage that I thought was like the area that I wanted to hunt. I got mixed up. It was like the next drainage over. So poor Zach, like he has got seven layers on. Like he thinks, cause it was supposed to be really cold and windy. So we like, it was supposed to be negative nine that day, like in the area we were hunting. So he just like layers up, but like it was sunny out, but mm-hmm. it was windy. So he's just like sweat. I mean, I'm watching sweat drip off of this poor Jeez. bastard. And at one point he looks at me and he goes, where the fuck are you taking me? <laughs> I'm like, go kill deer, dude. And he's like, God damn it. <laughs> so we get down to like, to the area that I we want a glass. It's like three and a half miles. And I post him up and I'm like, all right, let's glass here. And then I'm like, I'm setting my binos up on my tripod, just about to glass. And I look over and he's fucking shirtless, like has no shirt on. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? He's like, dude, I had to get all my layers off. He's just like, I was everything. I mean, he was wrenching sweat out of his gloves. Got to dump heat. Dude, he was. He <laughs> Turn was, the AC on. He was Turn in, the AC Yeah, on. he was in, in bad shape. So he gets his clothes back on. He sets up his spotter and his binos. And I'm like, all right, you glass here. I'm going to go like two little fingers over and I'm going to glass. And like on my way, I bump some deer. A bunch of does. I'm like, okay, cool. Whatever. So then I get to like a really good glassing point and I'm glassing for like 10 minutes and all of a sudden like way out on this piece of private, um, there's a buck just standing there broadside, like right in the open. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, Here we go. Like originally, if I'd never pulled this rancher out, I'd be like, well, fuck. Can't what even do. think about it. Yeah. But now I'm just like, oh yeah, it's happening. I'm like, I told you, we're killing yeah. a buck today. So I text him and Zach's in... <sighs> He annoys me in the fact that he keeps his phone on silent. Mm. So iPhone will be like, notifications on silent. And yeah. I'm just like, he's never going to hear this. So I text him. I'm like, I need your spotter. Bring it to me. This is my waypoint. Send him a waypoint. And like, I don't get a response. And I'm like, yes, no, maybe, like question mark. Like, are you coming? <laughs> we got to make it happen. His, his, he told me, he's like, I was so cold. Like, I couldn't text. He's like, on way. Like, not on the way. He's like, on way. <laughs> so he shows up. And this buck ends up bedding in like this thick stuff and I've got glass on him and I'm like, man, for like his first muley buck, I'm like, that's... I didn't realize it was his like first one. First muley buck. I I didn't know that either because he's been a resident for some time. So all of last year, he like, he couldn't hunt like a lot of this year because he just got back from Syria. Mm -hmm. So like he hasn't really had the opportunity to do like bow hunting this year or... You know, and like Montana is like a new, he's, I think he's been here since 2020. So he had a year to hunt, a year to learn how to hunt Western because he's from Connecticut. That's Mm -hmm. a steep learning curve. And it's tough. Like, so he had that learning curve and luckily his roommates were like from here. So they like kind of, yeah, 
showed him the ropes. But so we're glassing this buck up, and I'm like, man, I'm like, if you want to fill your tag, like, it's it's a good buck, like good like first buck. Like I know you don't have a lot of, we have a week left. Like we should really think about like taking this buck for you. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So I'm like, cool. Call the call the rancher. And I'm like, hey, you know, uh, this, this is Tyler. We pulled you out this morning. Like, do you want to? Did your son get a buck this morning? And his son did get a buck. Nice. And he was like, um, I just told him, I was like, uh, you know, we did spot a deer on your property and we'd like to take it. He's like, go ahead. He's like, go get it. So I was super like, cool about dude, it. Super awesome. And like him and I had a conversation beforehand. He was like, we should, you know, have an agreement of like you guys coming out here and hunt and like just trying to like have like a, he wants to do like a program yeah. where like, not like Wounded Warrior, but like having yeah. like a, like a specific amount of people that come out for veterans and like, so I'm like, dude, I'm on board. Let's do it. Yeah. Anyway, so we make a stock on this buck. He's probably 900 yards out from where I glassed him to where he's at. So we kind of walk through these like thickets and then down in these like river bottoms. And the river bottoms are taller than you. Like there's no river, there's no water in them right now. So right. you can just kind of like fucking walk like a highway all yeah. the way to it. So we get to a spot and we glass up and we're like, 300 yards out and he's still bedded and all you can see is literally his nose his eyes and his antlers like he's so low and bedded in the stuff he is i'm like we don't got a shot so then i'm like let's get closer and the wind is howling i mean it is coming sideways and i'm just like we gotta keep moving or else we're gonna freeze to each other like we're gonna be so fucked it was dude the wind tunnel brutal the wind tunnel it's it's no joke dude it's you know, I don't. I, don't, I, I hate wind. Well, yeah. It cuts, man. Dude, if it's like negative five out or whatever, and it's not windy, I'm like, oh, I'll just, yeah. I'll be all right. But the wind hits you, and you're just like, I don't want to be here anymore. So we get down to a spot, and I get him set up, 130 yards. Still can't get a shot. I'm like, God, like. It was that thick. It was that thick, and he was just sitting so low. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, what am I gonna do? So then I came up with the idea. I'm like, all right, get on the rifle. If he stands up, you blast him. Blast him. So I just stand up at 130 yards. Like I'm on this like little berm on the other side of the little river canal. And I stand up. The buck looks at me and he's like, that's cool. And just like does not like, give a does shit. Does not give a shit. <laughs> and when I tell you, when, I, when, I, when we told you that we were doing the YMCA, Zach legitimately did the YMCA to get this buck to stand up. Didn't care. Like arms and all, just like oh, full yeah. the. I'm just looking at Zach like, oh, God, what are we doing out here? Like, if somebody's glassing <laughs> us, they're like, what in the fuck is happening over there? I'm yelling at this deer. Like, I'm like, I walked probably an extra mile back and forth just trying to get him to stand up because I figured like, oh, maybe if I get to like his more of his backside, he'll mm-hmm. get uncomfortable and stand. Nothing. Um. So then after like two hours of that. And he's like, I think we should just wait him out. And I said, hey, man, I don't know if he's going to stand up before shooting light. Like, we don't know. He might just be better there all night because he was in a cove. He was comfortable. Like, he was not getting hit by wind. Yeah. So I said, I really think you should put a stock on him. And you might have to do that 100-yard standing or kneeling shot. Like, it's it's that's something you're going to have to do. And he's like, okay. So he goes down the river. He puts his stock on and I am, I'm watching him from the binos and I see the buck and I see him slowly like creeping in, creeping in, creeping in. And he gets to 23 yards to the point where he can finally get a shot. Holy shit. 23 yards. That's how like bedded this duck, this buck was. He, I watched it in my binos. Buck just done. And I'm like, again, I'm just like, fuck yeah, yeah. let's go. <laughs> He's looking at me. He's pumping. I'm like, let's go. So I grab all the gear. 
I go down there and uh cool buck and like I'm like inspecting him, you know, looking him over. And when I was glassing him up, I noticed that his right ear was really floppy down. Like it was weird. Like his left ear up normal, the right one was like floppy down. So I looked at his like ears and stuff and one of them was like nibbled off. Mm. And when he was when we were making a stock the second time towards him, we had bumped a coyote out of there. Well, we finally kind of like got our trophy pictures of gripping grins and like fist pumping. And like you said, the adrenaline got down. We're like, okay, it's cold. Time to go to work. Like, yeah. Let's get this thing back. Let's get out of here. Cause now we're going to be packing this thing out f- almost four miles now in the dark. And it's steep terrain. It's snowy. It's fucking windy. It's miserable. <laughs> we start cutting him up and it's like, it was like a yellow jelly inside mm-hmm. of him. Like his Ooh. fat was like really yellow and jelloy. Like, uh, and, you know, like, when you skinned your buck, like, on the ribs, like, that little, like, kind of briskety, yep. flat, fat layer, yeah. it's usually, like, a dark red. His was, like, a really light, like, a beige looking. Mm. And in this area, is like, a CWD priority testing zone. So, instantly, I'm, like, CWD. And it yeah. makes sense as to why he didn't stand up or do anything, because I think he was so... Zombie. Zombied, you know? Like, when I seen him coming across the opening, he looked like a normal buck walking around just feeding but i had seen weeks prior this same buck in the same area like the same little cove probably three or four times and so you know by law we have to take out as if it was a non-cwd so we pack everything we cut it up put it in game bags and fucking do the hellacious pack out four miles doesn't seem like a lot but dude the the snow drifts from the wind, you'd be walking, you're like, okay, I'm on flat ground, and then boom, you're waist high, and you're like, yeah. kill, Zach, shoot me. <laughs> yeah. right I'm, I'm over the shit. Yeah. And so we, and like, he's got half a buck on his back, I've got half a buck on my back, I've got my rifle, and he's got the spotter, his rifle, so like our packs are... The spotter's not light. No. And like, yeah, spotters are great, but they're freaking heavy. So we're like, we're getting to the truck, Zach's getting hung. We had to go through this like timber piece, and he's getting hung up on everything because the antlers are stuck. like he just. At one point, I just like, I don't see him anymore because he didn't put his headlamp on. I like turn around, and I don't see him, and all of a sudden he's just like, "Fuck!" I'm like, "Oh god!" So I like trudge over. I'm like, "You good?" And he's like sideways on the trail, like fall over. His rifles in the snow, and he's just like. Get me out of here. <laughs> and I'm like, well, the only person getting you out of here is you. I'm not carrying your ass. I'm like, I'll, I'm, I'll put you, put one in you and just, it is what <laughs> Leave it you is. here. Leave you for the coyotes. But we ended up getting back to the truck and, man, we downed some some Doritos and chocolate, <laughs> some Reese's Pieces, chewy ch- chips ahoy. They were wonderful. And then we, uh, then Zach and I got to witness what, the arcade was like what we've been what we've been <laughs> doing the rest of the yeah. show. Shout out to the arcade. Oh. Shout out to Roundup. This is shout where, out to Roundup. This is where it gets a little, <clears throat> little sporty. No, I mean it goes back to what you're saying. Like all we have to say is about about like Roundup in the arcade is like the making. I mean, uh, for yeah, first off, the hospitality in Montana is fantastic. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of being back home. It's good folks in good places, small town America. But like, it's worth conversations with people because not like, trying to gain anything. No, just like just pulling ranches out of the ditch or like talking to the bar owner in 
the small podunk town of, of Roundup, and then he puts you up on his piece of private that he leases the next morning free of charge. Like, it's, I don't know. I wouldn't, if you're a non-resident, I wouldn't overlook that. Because, like, non-residents, we do a lot of things to, like, give ourselves a bad rap. Um, and there's a, a stigma there for sure. And I think, like, like, just blasting any animal that moves that is legal is, you know, one way to do that or just, like... I don't know. There's a lot of things that you can do to like make it more beneficial to mm-hmm. look positively on non-residents. And we stopped in this town and got a coffee after like getting our asses kicked. And we asked the baristas where we should go to get a beer. And we stopped in at noon or something and then got to talking with the, turned out to be the owner. I thought he was just the bartender, but the owner. Yeah. And he leases... 20,000 acres of, of land in this in you San to, Diego. You got to hunt it's, some prime land in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he put yeah. us up free of charge and said, yeah, I don't have any hunters in. Like, y'all have at it. And it's amazing. Like, it's, I don't know. There's a a bond for sure in in hunting. And like you said, like, if you're not seeking to gain anything, like, there's a lot of good people out there and, willing to help people out. And we met a ton of people at the bar and they were like, why don't you go up here? And like, do you have Onyx? Like pull up Onyx and go hunt over here. Yeah. Like, cause I'm the only one left who hasn't filled a tag. Right. And you know, people are asking like, hey, show us pictures. And like, mm-hmm. you know, this is the, this is the elk my wife killed. And like, this is like, just like the good people of Roundup and the good people in Montana. Like, and we swapping feel, pictures. You felt welcome. Very yeah. welcome. Well, like, cause yeah. a thousand I mean, percent. You guys Certainly not out of place. It. Like, I could have been back home in Dahlonega. It could have been the same damn thing. Right. And I would have been like, dude, I'll come out to my property. Like, you can come mm. shoot a deer at my place. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't give a shit. Well, there's like, you see it all the time. Guys will just like post on Facebook, like, hey, first Western hunt. Like, yes. anybody got any tips on elk hunting? And they just get fucking roasted. Real. And I yeah. love it. And I'm just yeah. like, 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 <laughs> yeah. like get Because I think that's such like a, uh, a cheap way of doing it. Like, yeah, yeah it, it is nice. Like, luckily for like all of us, like with Hunt, Lift, Eat, like we have people all over the country. So if, like, if I go to Kansas, I can hit somebody up and be like, hey man, like right. what are do's and don'ts of Kansas? Like, what do you think I should do? Like, I'm not gonna be like, hey, I'm not asking for waypoints, but like, but like, what do you think is a good idea? Right. And so well, that's what I said with you. I was like, "Hey, dude, I think we should come to Eastern Montana." Yeah. I wasn't like Tyler. Please guide us personally and take us to all your waypoints. And but I was happy. To, You've like, been unbelievably helpful yeah. this entire trip. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm down. But like, like, you know absolutely. what I mean. But like, there's a way to do it. There's an art to yeah. it for sure. And there's a lot of give and take. Yep. Like, again, like, I wasn't pulling that guy out. I didn't, I didn't have no idea who he was. Right. I was just like, hey, man, you're in trouble and you need help. Let me help you so we can all get on with our day and, like, have a good time. And, like, the biggest thing was, like, he was with his son. And his son was, like, this adorable, like, I don't yeah. know, fucking 10-year-old or whatever. Yeah. Like, dressed to the nines and just neon orange. Like, like kill a just excited, all yeah. bottled up. And he's like, yeah, I'm just teaching my son how not to drive in the snow. <laughs> yeah. you know? So we got him out and, like... Just being a good person and yeah. like giving a helping hand, like I could have just kept driving and been like, they can yeah. figure it out. But yeah. in, in the process, we ended up harvesting a buck on a piece of property that I've wanted to hunt already that we already called that year. And they're like, no, we don't let hunters come on there. So again, it's everything like shout out to the landowner. It's all about relationships. Yeah. hundred percent. All about rela- Like would I have bought 27 cores 
at the arcade <laughs> if I didn't know he owned private land? Probably. Probably. But he happened yeah. to, right? And it led to some great conversations yeah. and free beer tickets. He was like, you, you yeah. drunk fuckers? Like, yeah. <laughs> you guys got chili and pizza? Yeah. Dude, chili pizza? And turned out to be a great dude. Still bought 27 mm-hmm. cores or more. And he probably felt bad for me for not filling a tag. And he was like, loser. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'll put you up, man. I, I got you guys. Dude, we're going to. I want you to be. He, that was the cool part. He wanted us to be successful. Right. That was the best. Well, I think, I think a lot of people. Don't look deeply into like out of state hunting on all all sides of the country when it whatever. Like if I were to go to Kansas or whatever, like my out of state tags are going to be more money. So that's where the state makes their money. Like you guys paid hefty money to hunt tags that I get for way fucking cheaper. Right. So they realize that. And so if like you're saying, if you build relationships with people and you come out here and you do it the right way, like people are willing to help you. But if you had like talked to the owner and you're like, yeah, I haven't seen no fucking deer, like just your yeah. attitude, they'd have yeah. been like, yeah, man, that sucks. Like, you want to buy another beer, like, to drown your sorrows because yeah. we're not going to help you. Like, it's yeah. just, it's all about that. So, and it's, I understand why people would be standoffish to it because we see guys like that. Like in Wyoming, there's these dudes who hunt this camp up the road and they're from Wisconsin and Michigan. They're just fucking pricks. Yeah. Just, shoot no everything that, that moves way. and like yeah yeah they just think they're better than everything else and they're like well yeah. back home i shoot these big giant white tail and your georgia white tail suck and they're just better than everybody else yeah. right and yeah. like dude you're also a guest here like what are you talking about yeah. and you you hear horror stories of so this happened in jackson wyoming last year these guys came down from i think like idaho or um, illinois or wherever and they like came to a spot that yes it's public land but they shot these like three elk in a place that like people walk their dogs and it's like, they just, they didn't know. And they <laughs> shot these dog, they shot these um, elk. And then two minutes later, all these people come walking their dogs and it's like a disaster. And people are calling like fishing, uh, fishing game and like, like what are these guys doing? They have no plan. They have no business being there. And it, yeah, it's public land, and they have right to be there. But they just don't have any local knowledge. Whereas if they'd walked into a bar and be like, "Hey, like we have an idea of going here," somebody would say, "Hey, no, like don't go there. That's a bad spot. Go over here. Like this is where I hunt. This is where everyone hunts." But yeah, go have that conversation. Go try and talk to somebody. Go get a little bit of local local knowledge and you'll be better for it. And not only will you be more successful, but you'll be successful in an area that now it's like, all right, out of state guys, they know what they're doing as opposed to just walking into town. Yeah. A bunch of assholes. Right. Thinking they know better than thou and just blasting away. Yeah. Have that conversation, meet that person in a bar, meet that person pulling them out of a ditch, make that phone call to a landowner and just say, Hey, like what's going on? What can we do to be, better, more efficient hunters in a place that we haven't been before. Well, and also, like, what you and I did growing up, like, how can I help? Like, mm-hmm. can I help you move cattle? Can I right. help you work cows? Can I, can we fix fence? Can we, Yeah. you know, do, when's birthing season? Or January, like, I'm I'm there. Like, what, like what do we need to do mm-hmm. to help bridge this? Get? Like, also, I want to learn everything that I can from – people that are living out, living out my dream like yeah. Yeah. do i want to learn how to birth a calf like fuck 
like, yeah, I do. Like, do I want to like? Do I want to do it for a living? No, no. Yeah. But like, no. I want to live out that dream for a hot yeah. minute. Like, do I want to fix fence for an afternoon? Yeah, I do. Yeah, but like, not like not forever. But yeah. like, you know, establish that relationship. I've gained uh, a piece of property that my buddy parents own solely because like, when I was a kid, you buck bales, you do hay. Like, right. that's what we did for money, and it wasn't good money. You, I wasn't the one with the tractors, and so you get like what a six bucks for an hour. But we were just kids; we didn't know any better. We we're out there sweating our dicks off and having fun and goofing around. So like, now I buck bales with a buddy of mine because we just all just roast each other the entire time we're bucking bales. Well, in doing that, you know, it helps his operation, and so his dad yeah. sees that and he goes, "Hey." Thank you for helping him. Like he's a one man show essentially until he hires people, which then you don't make enough money and it goes down the whole yep. thing. But I've unlocked seven hundred acres of prime whitetail hunting that yeah. I solely get to hunt. Like I, right. he calls me, he's like, "You get first pick. Like you, you are the first one on." He's like, "Whenever you're done hunting, like let me know, and then I'll let other people on." That's and it's huge. usually like it's not random people, and they don't they're not allowed to shoot like bucks. They're yeah. allowed to shoot does only. So I get pick of the litter on seven hundred acres of like prime whitetail. Early season. And I'm it's huge. Like, not for free. I, get, I have probably bucked 20,000, 30,000 bales and yeah. cut and raked. And I have a full time job, yep. 40, 50 hours a week. And then on the afternoons, I'm just like, I, got, I don't feel like going fishing. Call him up. I'm like, what do you need? He's yep. like, I got this whole field need picked up. And I was like, I'll see you there in 20 minutes. Oh, we'll get way. the beer. Yep. Yep. And so we'll do it. And so just doing that helping hand, I would do it. To not gain access, you know? Like, yeah. he's just a buddy of mine. So yeah. I, I know he needs help. I think you gain more from people not trying to gain from people. Like, trying to be somebody's friend or just be friendly, they're willing to open up more and be like, ah, you know what? Like, come home my place for turkeys. Like, I got yeah. I got a couple in the back. and I just, They're annoying me. Like, come get them. But it's playing that long game. And, like, not to underscore this point too hard, but that's been a bit of a revelation to me. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the barriers to entry. For hunting and access is probably top five if not you know first or second um getting into this game later in life is so challenging yeah you know um when you don't have those relationships and the revelation for me is that there is a right and wrong way to do this mm -hmm. and you know you guys have touched on it um but particularly for me like traveling around north america and hunting coming into a completely foreign state without those pre-existing relationships my goodness like yeah, and you need to approach it like with this sort of principle of charity and be like, I'm going to be open and maybe this relationship, like, this is going to happen organically because, you know, we went into this bar and we were chatting with these folks. We didn't want anything from these folks. Um, but my experience has Just been... Just a course. My experience yeah, has been is that when you're open with folks, like they do want you to be successful. And it couldn't be more different from the, uh, from the response that you would get online. When you say like, "Hey, yeah. give me your give me your Onyx waypoints yeah. for Eastern X, Y, and Z," they're gonna be like, "No," because you put in you have no skin in the game, and there's no face to face. There's no face to face. This, I mean, this is such a deeply um, like, I mean, you're you're potentially taking an animal on somebody's property, and yeah. for people that own land, I mean, this is like an extension of their land, which by virtue of that, it's an extension of like themselves. Like, it's not something to be taken lightly. Yeah. And you're operating a firearm on their property. Their family is potentially using that property for recreation. Like, it's not a small ask. And so building those relationships in person is, I mean, 
it, it couldn't be more important. Um, but my experience has been is that when you approach it the right way, people are super generous. And yeah, I mean, we got it half a dozen folks in that bar alone. Yeah. We're like, hey, like, <laughs> how we can could, we help? Yeah. We couldn't walk out the door. They, just kept, no, they yeah. were just like, yeah, yeah, throwing both. onyx waypoints at us. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a good thing. It is a good mm. thing. There's a lot of good people out there, man. Yeah. It's a good takeaway. In San Diego. Nice In San Diego. Diego. Yeah. Great folks. Yeah. If you want to go hunt, go to San Diego, California. Yeah, we got one more tag to fill before you head out tomorrow. So Carter and I are going to go on a little recon mission tomorrow. Yeah. We're going to get up at 4.30. Yes, yeah, it's probably a good place to uh, round it out here. Recon mission in the morning. Got to make it quick. We're flying out at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. And 3 I get PM? to drive. Fucking, it'll be eight hours of total driving tomorrow for me. That'll be sick. Yeah, Tim's got to drive back to Jackson. Yeah, be about six. Life is good, boys. It's been yeah. a great week. Thank you to you, Tyler. Yeah, Tyler. Anytime. For everything. You're always welcome. My goodness. Shout out to great. Savannah for being the jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hope you shout enjoyed out. the bagels. Dude, <laughs> shout out to Nicole, the homeowner. Yeah, for Nicole, for sure. Hooking it up with the extra room and hooking you guys up with the air mattress. I being able to sleep. She's like, like, she's like, I got the air mattress. I got it all made. And I was oh. just like, oh, there's just a bunch of dudes. Like, just throw, like, paper towels. On John slept on the floor. <laughs> We're just yeah, glad for like, insulated walls. It was like, they have carpet. I'm sleeping on the floor. Jokes aside, <laughs> I, I mean, I said this to you guys. Like, this is my yearly gratitude practice. Like, this is my, you know, uh, and I'm only half joking here. Like, we'll, we'll go through this absolute suck fest for a week. And I go home and I'm like, God, running water is so great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, God, like, you know, HVAC is wonderful. I get yeah. to poop and it's warm. It's yeah. So yeah. Cool. And those first few it's days. It's not snowing. It'll, you'll count your blessings. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's it's like, you're having fun with the boys. You're doing something athletic. It's, you're physical. You're getting after it. But like, again, like, how can you not be romantic about hunting? Yeah. Like, there's so many lessons. Like, this is as profound as you want to make it. Yeah. And, you know, we've unpacked a lot of that today, but like, it's, it's, there's layers to this and it's, it's deep and it's, it's been an incredible week. It has been. Yeah, certainly. So yeah. Cheers to you guys. Cheers to you, Tyler. Thanks for having us here, man. Yeah. Thanks. Man. You guys are always welcome. If you get tags again, just pick a time where it's not blizzarding and we'll have a great time. <laughs> the weather looks fantastic next week. Oh, gonna, there's going to be so many deer killed next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Sweet. Anybody got any uh, closing thoughts before we jump off here? No. All good. I'm good. I've had uh, I've had five beers today. Look at you. I know. I'm really <laughs> going up in the world. I'm probably going to get up six in a second. So it's yeah, boy. If we were in arcade, that'd be double digits. That's easy. light work in arcade. Yeah. yeah, light work. I still think we should have done the, the podcast in the arcade. How's we should have. I think they would have let us. We almost slept there last night. <laughs> they were good folks. Real good folks. Shout out to the arcade and Roundup. Best bartender this side of San Diego, I'd say. This Best side bar. of the Mississippi. For sure. Easy. You got any closing thoughts, John? No. I, I just, you know, all to say it's been a, a great week. And, um, I'm, I, you know, I love getting it after it, getting after it with you guys. And it's a good group. We'll keep doing this. Absolutely. Cole? Closing thoughts? I think, uh, push. Well, if Tyler's having that's, one I mean, more, how can you top that's that? My okay, I'll, thought. If Tyler's having one more and we're getting up in five hours, I'll have one more. <sighs> okay. Ain't um, no rest for the wicked, Carter. Just tell me about it. I'll closing thoughts. There. I think looking back on 
last year's hunt, how we talked about being 5% better. You're talking about episode 36 of the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast? Episode 36 of the Hunt, Lift, uh, Eat podcast. Uh, 5% better. I, I think we crushed it. Uh, going from, you know, one hunt to another. So uh, I'm, I'm really proud of us uh, for, for really getting after it. Yeah. Filling one, filling one tag last year to three. Yeah. In three days here. That's, yeah, it's good. And it's been say, tough. It's been tough. And I will say to give you guys some kudos, like I've hunted with some people who claim to be hunters and then you take them into some spots and they just struggle. And it's from a guy like I still have a deer tag in my pocket. I was thankfully blessed this year to shoot two elk. But, you know, so unless it's something that's like a toe that just is a monster, like I don't, I don't need to fill yeah, a tag. Right. But, you know, I've had people come out who are like, oh, yeah, we do a deer hunt. We're crazy about it. And then you bring in some spots and they're just not, they're not, they don't have the drive. They want it to be easy. You yeah. guys didn't expect this to be easy. You had that expectation of like, this is going to suck. This is going to be tough. Like we don't want it. We want the Montana experience of like yeah. living in the shit, like being miserable, but also being having a great time. Like yep. we slept in tents in zero degree weather and then killed deer and then, you know, hiked our asses off and did, did the work, put our time in. So hats off to you guys for coming in, ready to rock and roll, balls yep. deep. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's been fun meeting all of you. It's been a, you get goofy fucking bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I call you, you're like, oh, we're at the arcade. I'm like, get yeah. in the woods, you drunk fucks. Ah, we just want a beer Quit real quick. drinking. It was just a quick quick three beers. <laughs> yeah. And then but, we got uh, back after it. But again, like it's it's been fun. Um, meeting you guys, meeting more of the Hunt Lift E team is is pretty cool. Like, you know, you, you meet people through social media and it, they, they don't necessarily portray who they really are. So meeting y'all is like, okay, cool. These dudes are you guys are friends. Yeah. So you're always welcome to come back out and fucking kick it, whether it's fly fishing this summer or spring bear hunting, like whatever you guys want to do. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Spring bear, I think, for you guys is over the counter. So if you want to kill some bears in big western Montana. That's huge. Awesome. Let's fun. do it. It's fun. I appreciate it, man. But you'll be you'll get wet, so bring rain gear. Yeah. All right. <laughs> always have it on me. Yeah. Even now, it's snowing. <laughs> it, Carter taught me, always, always, always bring always. your rain gear. You never know. Nah, mm-hmm. if I get wet, I'm done. Nope. <laughs> if it's raining, I'm not out there. So if, if there's one thing in my pack, it's rain gear. Always. What you got, Tim? That's just been great. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, there's parts where you're like, all right, I'm going to take up golf in Miami, and it's going to be warm, and it's going to be easy, but <laughs> there's... Absolutely nothing better. It was like a weird addiction to like being miserable out in the mm-hmm. woods. You're it's just like, the best, oh. dude. Because like when either it happens or it doesn't, you can always look back and be like, "That was awesome. That was sick, dude. Yeah, that, that was, was so sick." Yeah. So. I'm gonna be driving them tomorrow with probably three deer in my car yeah. and get it processed. And let's then call it four deer. Four deer Fro- frozen to your roof rack. Frozen to the roof rack. <laughs> yeah. Why there's tenderloins on a roof rack? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, this, see you in April, yeah. John's timelines. Yeah. <laughs> Super aged. This, this Thanksgiving, it's going to be me and my family and some deer steaks and some roasts, and yeah, it's all going to be. When we're when we're having that deer, it's going to be thinking about this week, and it's just it's been perfect. I've loved it. Hell yeah, man. Me too. Yeah. Cheers, to you guys. Been good. Good episode. Rocked it. Great, yeah. dude. How long have we? Almost three hours. Fucking two, yeah. Two, two ten. A minute, yeah. Listeners, <laughs> as always, we appreciate the hell to you guys. And uh, fucking talk to you next week. Absolutely.
Like, subscribe, send pictures. <laughs> you want to plug your Instagram? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tyler, where can we find you on Instagram? See that big giant bull you killed? Dude, uh, yeah. So you can go on Instagram, uh, big sky underscore tie. You'll see a bunch of just like I post just mainly outdoor stuff. Cute little photos of my girlfriend now and then just outdoor <laughs> stuff. But Shooting gigantic white yeah. tail. <laughs> yeah. And elk. Yeah. My gosh. Shooting elk. So, um, yeah. Um, I have a TikTok too. Big Sky underscore tie. I post a lot of dumb shit on there, but if you like to giggle, that's where it's at. So I'm in. There you go. Appreciate it, guys. We'll talk to you next week.